Everybody, we are back. Welcome to another episode of More Than a Title. Actually, the first episode of 2024. Let's get it, man. As you know, as usual, I'm your host, Jared Thomas, Chief Revenue Officer at Outside the Box Digital. And I got my brother, my brethren, your favorite CEO's favorite CEO, Chatty O. What's good, baby? Well, that way. <laughs> well, you're on mute, bro. You're on mute. You're on mute. Look, see, I told you. Oh, I'm, he ain't part I'm, in a week. I'm, I'm hustling. <laughs> I'm sounding like a mixture between the the big Luther and and uh and and and, and, and with motherfucker from uh, Baby Boy. You want your cornbread? <laughs> <laughs> Voice. I look. I'm I got the whole I got the whole stack here. The mental lift is. I got the Alka Seltzer on this side. The, the, the day quill, man, whatever's going around trying to take take your boy out, man. I'm fighting for my life over here. You hear me? They try to take me out. <laughs> got me up, got me over here with the permanent Jada. <laughs> you, you know, yo, you know, we ready, we ready to rock and roll, man. We ready to, he's over here sounding like kiss. We not gonna miss. So you you know how we do. But first of all, before we before we start off, man, shout out to y'all, the listeners, as always, man. We're growing and glowing week over week, every platform. What we did in 2023 was incredible, y'all. Straight up and down, it was incredible. The results, the guests, the stories, the relationships, none of that is possible without your support. So we really appreciate y'all. And also, shout out to our distribution partners, the Live Podcast Network, the first women-owned, black-owned podcast network. So if you want more content from black creators, like more than the title, make sure you download the app. Shows your support to your favorite creators. And shout out to our executive producers, Real Block Films. On the check-in, shout out to my brothers. 2024, we going up. Make sure you download the American New app and check out the Love Movie by our guys, Real Block Films. And with that said, let's start the show. We're we going to have a classic, y'all. It's about to be a classic, man. Straight up right now. First of all, I'm going to give y'all some context, man. I met this brother through social media, man. I, I, I've been following this brother for quite some time, and I just thought he was a dope individual, man. And when I actually got to hear this brother's story, when I got to get some glimpses of it, I had to tell this brother, chill, man, we got to save it for the show, man. So I'm going to I'm gonna get this brother the proper intro. He's the founder of Eastback, which is a digital media company for esports and gaming. Eastback TV is a collaborative made up of the world's most recognizable production studios led by Ridley Scott Creative Group and PRG. And for those who don't know, Ridley Scott is also the director of The Gladiator and other hits such as like Alien. He's also overseeing the rapid growth and expansion of the organization and provides consultation to companies globally. His work spans global gaming interests, brand entities, high-profile influencers, both on the content, technical production, and on campaign matters. This brother has accomplished amazing things throughout his career and still climbing. Has also worked with brands such as Gucci, Tom Ford, and many others. And we're excited and honored to have this brother on the show. Let's introduce Dante Simpson, CEO of ESPAT TV, baby. Welcome yeah. to the show. Thank you. Thank you, man. Hold on, hold on. No, no. Hold on. I thought you had my back on the horn. Where the horns at, man? Where the horns at? Gotta bring in the horns. You shitting me? And I gotta get it because it's first period. And I'm going to give the horns and turn the volume up a little bit. That way they know classes and sessions, man. Yeah, come on. Anybody anybody at this point want to sign me for a voiceover? You know, that wake up sexy morning call. 
Tom Jones in the morning. <laughs> no, he got, he got, the, he got the quiet, late, strong late, voice. Late, late, <laughs> voice. That Lenny Green late night voice. I hear That's the motherfucking quiet storm. It's the quiet storm voice with Chatty O. <laughs> Take, hit me on, hit me on the, in, in the comments. I'll let you know what the pricing look like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just keeps going up, right? It just keeps going up. And you know, we could get them additional medicine if you was to go to otbdigital.com. Make sure you copy your more than a title cups. Make sure you get mine. your bet on yourself merch. You know what mine. I'm saying? Make sure you support. We got the hats. We got the beanies. Make sure you show some love to your favorite yeah. creators. But let, let's, I let's. I don't, I, don't wear, I don't wear hats. Look right. <laughs> up the curl pattern. Pretty chatty up. We're starting already, y'all. We're starting already, brother. But let, yo, let Dante, let's so, let's so, let's go. You, you've got so many stories, brother, and we can let's go start. so many places, man. But let's start from the very beginning, brother. Yep. Tell us about your upbringing in the A and tell us, you know, tell us about your life before getting into, you know, the business career. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 2024 yeah. is crazy, right? We had our Jordan year last year, 2023. It's the Kobe year this year. Kobe year, man. It's greatness. Greatness. 23 to 24. Um, my story's crazy. I was I was born in the snow. So I was I, I was born in upstate New York. And it's funny, if you're from New York, they call Westchester upstate, but I was born up near Buffalo. So that's mm. the real upstate, right? So yeah, where, where, where the snow is heavy. Um, and 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 moved down to Atlanta, which is where I was raised. And it's it, it's funny what um Amaretta, right? She 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 dropped a song and started listing cities and said that's not that's not Atlanta, right? So I'm I'm from Austell. So if you're from Atlanta, you know that's not really Atlanta. But when, when I'm up here, I always claim Atlanta. It's, it's where it's what it's the streets that raised me. Uh, but mm. I was actually uh, living out in Austell, Georgia. Um, loved it. Absolutely loved uh, the Atlanta market during that time, the '90s. You had Freaknik. <laughs> you had Freaknik events. Yeah, Freaknik. Free was on fire. He had the streets on fire. Atlanta music was crazy. Um, which ended up being a part of my future path uh, when I grew up. But just growing up down in Atlanta, the Southern hospitalities that you got and the life lessons that you learn. And it's funny, um, now living up here in, in the tri-state in the New York, New Jersey area, it's funny, you, you start hearing folks whose parents were from the South. And one thing that I say is that people talk about culture and you hear a lot of talk about culture, but the greatest thing about culture, and I hope that we don't lose it in our future generations is, we were raised the same, right? Yeah. So we can say stuff to each other if you come from the culture. And I, mm. I, I'm going to get back to Atlanta. Uh, such that Message. Got to give you one of those, bro. <laughs> you, you, you know it's a fact because I, I can say sentences and, and you can finish them. You know, I, I saw a game recently where they had the letters, like IDK, I don't know, but they had the letters and it was... Yeah. Letters like if you don't get your butt in here by the time them streetlights come on, you know what's up. Like, and we all know that story. We know, like Jerry, I don't, I don't know your childhood upbringing, but I know that if I say to you and that you can finish this sentence, and I'm gonna say it, what happens in this house, finish it. So what happens in this house stays in this house. I, you don't, and you know it, and <laughs> I know it, and that's culture. We can finish yeah. each other's sentences no matter where we came from. We know yeah. what Easter Sunday was like in our house. We know yeah. what these things, and that's culture. To me, that was Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So right. when you start to say where a lot of things happened and where a lot of things occurred that now become the fabric of our life, that was Atlanta, man. The streets of Atlanta running down Peachtree and, and, and running crazy with, with, with my friends. Uh, during that time, we I used to, me and my friends from out, out, out outside the perimeter used to go down to the SWATs. And if you're, from, if you're from Atlanta, you know what that is. But if you're not, that's Southwest Atlanta. That's where you saw outcasts and, you know, all of, you know, Goody Mob and all of those dudes young. 
know what I'm saying? So to see everybody, the Dungeon family and all of those folks, and they were just, they was just the homies, you know, just outside, just chilling. And, you know, you get to know them and you get to run with them. And they always gave me the respect because I never acted like anything other than what I was. I was a dude from Austell that happened to be good in school, that played some football, that um, that, that that went down and showed love to, to everybody and got love back. So I always say that that's yeah. part of who I am today. That's part of what I learned. But during those times, I mean, you think of the 90s. It's funny. I can tell you three strip clubs that turned into churches <laughs> that turned back into strip clubs. Like right. that was Atlanta. Like that's just Atlanta. Like that's how it is. And it was, we had so much fun. We had so much love, but the one thing that I see uh, or at least saw in Atlanta that I didn't see in a lot of other places is that people was family, man. It was collaboration. We got together mm-hmm. and we made stuff happen. And we, you know, being up here in New York, I think that everything is fragmented and separated. Right. No, that's but a fact. Being down in Atlanta, it's like everybody got it together. And we all got it together. You know what I mean? And 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 I love that. I love that about the A. Um, you know, my 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 parents did 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 very well down there. My family's still down there. Uh, go down there every holiday and 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 love them to death. But I think that the streets of Atlanta taught me that you know, in an era where everybody's cutthroat, it's still kind of cool to be kind and still make your you know whatever success is to you whether it's your family life, whether it's your business life, whatever it is, just to find that happiness and success together. We did it because we didn't have a lot, right? So when yeah. you don't have nothing, you're still happy. You know what I'm saying? That's real happiness because you don't know you don't have a lot. So all you got is happiness. You know what I'm saying? Method. That's, <laughs> that's a fact. And, that's and I love that. I love that. And that's that's the stuff that I carry with me to this day. So it, it's always the A in my heart. I'm in Jersey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I work in the city. I'm in Jersey. But it's always Atlanta for me. That's what's up, bro. That's what's up, man. You about to say something, Chad? It look like you know you're on mute. No, no, you know, you know how. I feel, okay, man. no, you do it. Yeah, now because I was, see, I didn't know, bro. I'm trying to. I didn't want to step on you. I'll chime in. Um, you know how I feel about the A. You know, um, my family roots are from the south as well. My family, um, my maternal side, uh, I believe they it stems from Savannah. A lot of my family still lives in Savannah. Uh, I used to go down there for the summers, but I've been down to the A maybe three, four times in the last two years. And and I love it so much that we were actually talking about moving down there. Like I actually, nice. the culture, just the feel of it, it just, it just feels like home. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's just the best way I could put it, you know, and, and this, and that's being from New York and being uh international person and traveling as much as I do. I, you know, Charlotte is nice too. I've actually been to Charlotte like three times in the last couple of years and Charlotte's really nice. I like what they're doing with Charlotte, but uh, for me, it's Atlanta right now. Like just the feel of Atlanta culture wise, I think, um, nobody's beating that right now. People, but shit, don't mess with the cops down there. Them Fulton County motherfuckers. Oh my god! Between Fulton County and Cobb County, man, take it easy. Take oh, it you easy. gotta chill the fuck out out there. But, but one of the things I'm gonna say, Jerry, let me let me ask this question to Chadio. Chadio, I got a question to you. You said as an international travel traveler, right? So have you ever gone to like have you ever gone like mother to, back to the motherland, home, like Africa, any of the in, any of the yeah. countries in Africa? Yeah. So you know that you know that feeling that you have when you go to Africa, where you just see a yeah. bunch of us and you just feel. Like for some reason, you just are able to relax a little differently when you see mm-hmm. a bunch of us. You know, you and we, we we talk about the police, and there there are you know there's some bad ones, there's some great ones as well. Yeah. But when when you get pulled over by one of us, that is truly one of us. You know what I'm saying? It's just a different feeling all the way around. That's when real. you go into high end places and you see us. You know what I'm saying? It's just a different feeling, and that's one of the things that I say about Atlanta is that when you look around and you do a 360 and you see a lot of us. And 
regardless of uh, the race drives it as well, but regardless of just exclusively race, when you see people who are like-minded in thought, you know what I'm saying? Who love yeah. our culture as much as we love our culture. That's one of the things about Atlanta. And I just hope that we as folks can get back to that a, a lot more of that. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll speak towards that a little bit later, but, you know, I, I just hope and, and wish we get back to that. That's just a different feeling. When you go to Africa, when you go to Ghana, Nigeria, you just feel like, woo. You, you know what it is? I, I think a lot of it has to do with the hospitality upbringing. And I'm going to say that to you, right? Um, one of the best places I've ever been when it comes to hospitality, and I tell everybody this, is Dubai. Okay. I I fell in love with Dubai. The, I've never seen hospitality done at this level. Just the genuine kindness that people exert of just wanting to help you, just being sincere, it feels completely different. Okay. Um, and I think that's what, with Atlanta, you know, the Southern hospitality is a big thing. You know, New York, we rude. Uh, motherfuckers Man. in New York is rude. The, <laughs> motherfuckers, don't, motherfuckers, don't, motherfuckers don't hold the door for you. Nah. They ain't getting up they seat on the train for no old woman. You could be nah. pregnant. They're like, listen, I've been to work eight hours. You're going to stand like a, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's real talk. They don't give a fuck about you in New York. They cut you off at the light. I think when you go to these other places internationally and just, you know, out of your comfort zone, and you see that there are people that treat you with love and respect. It overwhelms you because when you come from a place that is just so rude and so disrespectful and it's just so egregious, when you get to these places that are way more soft and subtle, you fall in love with it and you like, see, this is the way we need to be. Yeah. You know, but, down listen, when I, when I first yeah. moved up here, and the, this is the funny thing, I mean, I'm, I'm a big dude, you know, and when, when I first moved up here, I just customarily said hello to people. Hold and, on. Exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say the oh, same. No. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey yo! Hey yo! They get a double. Hold on! Hold on! Time out! Nah, 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 bro. Nah, bro. You, yo, Dante, you, you, you are guy. You are guy. But you, you swole, bro. It was the tone. It was the tone. Absolutely. My bad. Yeah, that was the tone. That, I like that, the was, that was dirty work. That was dirty work. That was dirty work. I came. That was that was nasty. I wanted to let him finish, but it just overwhelmed me. Nah, I just nah, nah, that was, I that, wanted to, but he was, he was about to spit some bars. I was like, yo, son, finger was on the trigger. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, that 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 was yeah, that was that was disgusting. Yeah, that was disgusting. Yeah, I should be ashamed. I got to apologize to everybody tuning in. They might, don't leave. It ain't going to be a whole, my bad. My Wait. bad. My bad. <laughs> you good, baby. Nah, you good. Don't bad, though. You know what's funny? I, I always watch, I, I, I watch, I watch Cam and Mason. I'm like, yo, how does everybody get tripped up with that? Like, how y'all always get caught up? Now, here I am. I ain't even 10 minutes in. I'm 15 minutes in. I done paused out the show. I done broke. Yeah, bro, we, we, everybody gets caught. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know, again, like, when you're used to speaking a certain way, right? And you know, uh, you're not looking for things to be funny and stuff like that. I think, right. and again, like with this little bit, we do it because nobody expects it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you're just talking <laughs> and and when you get hit with it, it's just like a it's like a bit of relief, like southern hospitality, right? It, yeah. it lets the pressure off to let you know, listen, bro, we just talking, we just having a good time. Exactly. You know, this this is not a ad week podcast you know what i'm saying this is getting, you back, that. getting you a good drink with your brothers and you know what i'm saying and, unfiltered and, and, and unapologetic that's it yeah unfiltered yes, and unapologetic indeed. yes indeed yes indeed 
But yeah, yeah what what I, what I was gonna say is when I came up here, or when when, when I when I showed myself in town, pause. <laughs> you can't even speak no more. You have to text it. Exactly. I'm gonna have to give you cue cards. I'm gonna have to give you cue cards. <laughs> I wasn't even gonna hit you with that one. <laughs> see, when I show myself a tail. Expose <laughs> myself. Y'all wow. Y'all wow. Yeah, no, yeah, you yeah, fuck with you, bro. But, but yeah. um, but it was yeah. just it was just strange saying hello to everybody. You know what I'm saying? And then people look at you like, do you know me? Do I know you? Like, I don't know you, fam. Like, it was just yeah, one yeah. of those things where just yeah. a simple hello. And for me, I'm used to just, well, you know how we are. We'll walk past each other and hit each other with the head nod and keep exactly. it pushing. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, and it's like, for me, sometimes I just say hello. Like, hey, how you doing? They'd be like, who, who you? Like, I don't know you. Why are you talking to me? And it's a New York thing, right? So, like you said, just the loss of hospitality that you see when you go to other places is, is, is uh, you know, again, hoping that we can get back to that. But uh, yeah. but you definitely recognize it when you go to other places and you and, and, and you see it right away. Facts, nah, man. And I, I'm also curious too, bro, because as we're talking about your upbringing, bro, are you are you a first generation entrepreneur? Tell, tell us about your parents, bro. Like yeah, like yeah. you know, where did you get the entrepreneurial spirit from? And, and yeah. just like what some of the things that you saw that inspired you? Yeah, great question. You know what's funny? You know how they say we start from the bottom, right? A lot of our parents started from the bottom. Yeah. Uh, that was my parents as well, and I got a chance to watch them kind of ascend. So. My my mom uh, worked for the post office and then became the the first post matron general. So you made her, made her like the postmaster general for your county, yep. but it's a woman. It's a post matron general. So she became the first wow. uh, um, uh, to do that um, in the county. And my dad, my dad worked. He, he 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 was a hard worker. But what he started doing was he was the first in the family to start getting into real estate. So. Mm-hmm. What I started to hear was my dad doing this because the first house he purchased was the house next door. So I would hear him up at like one o'clock in the morning working on the house next door, him and his boys and painting and tearing down and doing this, that and the other. And I saw what it is to work late. You know what I'm saying? And I saw what it is to buy. And, you know, we, we saw what a couple of weeks ago, right? They, they came out with Mike Epps. He bought back the block. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And he went back to Indiana and bought back his neighborhood. My dad's first purchase was the house next door. His second purchase was the house two doors down. And then he bought, you know, five more. And, my, you know, both of my parents, I always say that they're my motivation from heaven. But when when, when my dad passed, he had he had 52 properties. So wow. when you say like what the entrepreneurial spirit looks like, I saw it from him. Um, he went from flipping homes to buying homes um, and, and real estate in general. And he was the first that I saw to ever really do it. And I always say that he did it and didn't, you know, back then he didn't know to make it into a business. It was just something he did. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. It wasn't even turning it into a, into a business. Um, yeah. So that was the first take. That was the first view that I got of that is, you know, what does it look like to buy something, to turn it into, you know, finance and economic benefit for your family and for those that you love. That was owner, the- ownership, man. Just seeing yeah. ownership and seeing yeah. seeing the grind, bro. Like yeah. what's the importance of that to see where you are now. And once yeah. and once we close the gap, once they hear more of the story, it's gonna make a thousand mm-hmm. times more sense, bro. But it's like, wow, man. And that's yeah. why, man, we got this is why this shit is important for us to do stuff like this to hear yeah. that because not everybody has the opportunity to see that. Like for me, bro, I my, my pops worked two jobs, okay. seven in the morning to 12 o'clock at night, every every for 27 years, retired. You know what I'm saying? Did okay. the same. My mom was assistant principal, but what it showed me is, yo, they gonna bust their ass to get what they want and provide for us. And so, yeah. whatever you gotta do, you're gonna do it. Yep. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I know for me, how it looked on me is like, even though I didn't see ownership, I wanted to be the spark because they broke their back to make sure I have the smarts to be able to do it. 
That's you know what I'm trying to say? That's so true. And and and, and I'm going to tell you something that's crazy. My dad had a plan, right? He had like this this vision for what life was going to look like, like post, like after he was retired, right? Yeah. And he was like, all right, now when I hit 55, I'm going to do this and then it's going to do this and it's going to turn into this. And one of the things that I learned about life watching my dad, my dad passed at 54. He oh, didn't hit the, the, the goal that he wanted because he just didn't have enough time. And I oh, feel like there's a lesson in that with your life, whether you got your kids, you know what I'm saying, whether you're married, whether you got your girl, whether you got the people that matter most to you. Sometimes we think we got until 55 and we only got until 54. So you, you message. Oh, yeah. my, my, my bad, bro. I, I didn't want to cut you up, but that was a no. message. Oh my God, no. that was real. You, you, you got to make every day count for what you do. You know what I mean? So whatever it is that you do, and I, I say, can, 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 you turn your, can, can you turn your life into, in, in, into, into passion? Because if you follow your passion, you're going to get the profits. <laughs> and, it, and, 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 and when, you, when you get the profits and you turn it into something good, then you'll find your purpose. You know what I'm saying? The profits may not always be money. It may be whatever the profit is for you, you know what I'm saying, in your life. But you know what I'm saying? Then you find your purpose. And it's like I feel like through all of that, I was able to find my purpose. Like, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but that's that's kind of how I view some of that stuff. But just seeing my dad, that was one of the greatest lessons that I learned from him is that we don't have the time that we think. Fifty four is young. You you don't have the time that you think. You got to make all of this count. Gotta make all of it count, yo. That that's real, bro. Damn, man. I don't even know what to follow up with that, bro. That was real, bro. Like that, I'm glad we went there, bro. Yeah. So so matter of fact, so now now that we we, we, we with that, remember the story I told you last season about that. Yeah, not to cut you off, that just directly ties into that about the, the construction worker that worked, you know, 35 years of his life and then dropped dead fucking two weeks before he retired. That's tough, man. That's you tough. Know what I mean? So that, that ties directly into what we talked about last season on the show about, you know what Bro. I mean? Yeah, man. Making it count, man. We don't know, man. We don't know what it's going to be, but you have to. Yeah. We have to give it a shot, man. But the fact that, and, and you, you said something too, bro, just now you was like, yo, he didn't get accomplished get to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. But I think he actually absolutely did because I feel everything happens for a reason. He created generational wealth for you, bro. I don't know if you have siblings, but the rest of the family, he gave you the jump start, bro. Yeah. And he yeah. didn't have the jump start necessarily. I don't know if he did. You know what I'm trying to say? No, like, no, he, no you're right. He didn't. He, my, my dad's from Alabama. He definitely did not have that jump start. And he he left us with something. You know what I'm saying? He, that's real. And, and whether it was information, whether it was knowledge, whether everything. it was wisdom, whether it was, you know, a foundation and, and, and whatever that came with. He, he left us with a lot of things, but most importantly, he showed us how to be a good human being. And I always say that's the biggest compliment that you can give somebody. Like, you could be like, yo, you cool. Yo, you dope. You this, that, and the other. But just to just break it down and say you're a good human being to people, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's one of the biggest compliments that you can give a man or a woman, a child, that you're just a good human being. Um, he, 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 he showed us how to do that as well as being a good husband and a good father and all that good stuff. So, and that, and yeah. that's real. Yeah, man, man, being just being a good human being, bro. I mean, we, well, we have a lot of me and Chad say how you do business is a reflection of how you do life. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's what we on, man. We like, yeah, we we see people that do shisty ass business dealings and shit like that, man. We not on that, man. We not on none of that. We want to do right by you. We want to make sure we get our just do all that stuff, man. But it's just, you know, be a good person, bro. And I'm all about really my of course is relationships over revenue. How to build yeah. both. 100 percent 100 percent and, and 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 those relationships can ultimately be invaluable to you. You know what that's I mean? That's it. And that's that's you can't that's, put an ROI on that shit. Yeah, you can't How put can an you? ROI on it. You can't, you can't. I've I, I know some folks who were who were close with people for 20 years and never did any business with them. And on the 21st year did business with them and made 10 million dollars. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. But they put 
first. And it's like, you don't know when the time is that you guys are going to collaborate, but the trust that you're building in each other over the years can be invaluable to you. And I literally saw somebody make $10 million together in three years after being friends for 20. Oh my God. We both did the same. <laughs> That's how you know it's real. We both did it at the same time. <laughs> Yeah. I don't, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to just, just sidetrack on this, but I, it's something you said brought up. My mentor. I did that same thing with my mentor, man. So I've never had a mentor in my career, right? So my mentor is. Um, he's a very successful businessman. Um, I just keep it real. Solomon Choi, sixteen handles. That's my, yep. that's my big brother, man. Yep. So when we first he had him on the show, we end up having a conversation. I'm like, I was so inspired. I'm like, damn, what do I say next? Reached mm -hmm. out to him, and I'm like, um, bro, would you mind mentoring me? Our first mm -hmm. conversation, our first mentor call. He's like, what do you want to get out of it? Okay, I didn't know. I didn't have an answer, but what I just kept it real and I hit him with the, bro, to be honest with you, I just want a relationship with you. You know what I'm saying? And what I want to do is just learn, build from you. You know what I'm saying? Five years from now, I want to be fucking sipping pina coladas or the top of the steps like Rocky or whatever it is, but whatever that looks like. If I get married, I want you there. Shit okay. like that. You know what I'm saying? And from there, bro, we never did no business, but that's my mm. one of my best friends to this day. Mm. Don't and, I, and, I, and, 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 I, and I can attest to it, you know. Real. Um, He's not lying. Um, we actually spoke to him um, a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, you don't even understand. Well, not you, Dante, but a lot of people don't understand the power and just basic conversation, man. It, man. Everything is not about money. I cannot stress this shit enough, man. Get with somebody that is doing what you're doing or you feel like it's smarter than you in a certain venue and just talk to them, man. And you will learn so much just in basic conversation that it'll change the trajectory of your career without you ever making a dime with them or them giving you money. You understand? Just, them, uh -huh. yeah, just sharing their experiences with you. You know what I'm saying? That's and, real. And, and, and Jaddy, I'm, I'm going to put somebody on blast. I hope that they don't mind that I'm putting them oh, on Hold on. Here we go. Wait, wait, you got oh, you got it. <laughs> and, I thought uh, you were gonna, do <laughs> gonna sit. I'm like, hold up. But if, if, if you're gonna sit though, please make sure the cup he just drank from is an OTB digital more than a title <laughs> mug. <laughs> make sure you cop. What, what, what do they say? Available on OTB digital.com. That's it. My brother, I gotta clip that. My brother. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna put him on blast, bro. Yeah, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put him on blast, man. I yeah. I actually reached out to a person, and the reason that I'm saying this is so that people don't get too cool that they become bashful about what they believe in. Mm. I believed in my company, and I reached out to an individual on LinkedIn, and the individual responded and helped me uh navigate his his company and in helping me navigate his company, it ended up with us doing a good eight figures worth of business. Okay? Ooh, and, and, and I'm going to tell you who it is. I'll tell you exactly who it is. My brother, I respect a gentleman by the name of Mike Seaver. I didn't know the man, but I always say that when things are happening, folks say that they want to get behind African-American entrepreneurs and startups and so on and so forth, but do they actually do the work? Do they support in simple introductions or navigating their yeah. space? Mike yeah. is the, Mike is the CEO of T-Mobile. Mm. I literally reached out to the CEO of T-Mobile randomly on LinkedIn and did not know the man at all. And the man was incredibly helpful. 
and the man opened doors that created opportunities. And 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 I I was told that by my mentor. My mentor said that if you don't believe in what you're doing, then how exactly do you expect anybody else? And you walk in the door like you're supposed to be there. You walk in with confidence. My mentor is Robert F. Smith. So he's he's uh, he he actually is uh, is my mentor and has been for some uh, nine ten years now and um, and he's incredible. I mean, for the folks that don't know, uh, I was saying, is it is it the Robert uh, Robert Smith the yeah, the billionaire? Yeah, 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 yeah the Robert, Robert Smith from the, um, from the American venture capital firm. Um, yeah, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. So um, so he's 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 been helping me every month for for, for years now and has been tremendous, but. You know, one of the things that he told me is, you know, don't be afraid to talk to anybody because what you got is invaluable. But until you get there, he said, the mistake that a lot of us make is that we don't have the invaluable product yet and we still have to work on it. So continue to work on your craft. But when you're ready, you'll know because the product of your craft will be parts of everything that you learned along your journey. So I. Oh, my goodness. And, and that applies to everything. When that you know, when you find your wife, you'll know because she'll be the lesson that you learn from everybody else, and you won't have to learn it with her. And she'll every mm. lesson that you learned, the woman that was argumentative, or the guy that was argumentative, the person that was you know just negative, she'll be the opposite, or he'll be the opposite. They'll uplift you in ways that nobody in the past can. That's yeah. how I knew that I found where I was supposed to be now, and that's why I'm comfortable talking to anybody about what we're doing now. But I reached out cold, as they say, cold call back in the day, just hit him up on LinkedIn. The man was invaluable uh, to, to, to what we were doing. And I recommend to folks, if you're at that point where you've got something of substance that you have to offer, hit up the people that can help you get there. And if you don't, and if you need a mentor, do what Jared did and, and, and hit up somebody and say, listen, I just need to be around you because whatever you're doing is right. And I need to learn how you got there, not just celebrate the end result. You know what I'm saying? Because so many people celebrate the end result, right? And, and, and we make that the goal. And the, the goal should never be the end result of somebody else's life. The goal should be their journey so you can understand how to apply it to your life. And your goal should be your result. Ooh. I'm going to tell Spend you balls, something. Brother. Spend I'm going to right now. I believe in that shit wholeheartedly. I live my life by that philosophy and that For principle. Sure. It's called fine. accessibility, right? But I draw a line in the sand. Let's be clear. The problem is, in today's society, because of TV and social media, a lot of the urban kids do not acknowledge success for what success truly is, being successful in whatever you're doing at whatever level you are. Mm -hmm. They think that if you're not the 1% that's become a billionaire and things of that nature, that you're just not successful. Mm -hmm. There's a big disconnect. But what I tell people very often is, and Jared to tell you this, I say, listen, I might not be able to get you here, but I've been here for 25 years. I can get you here. Mm-hmm. I can get you here. But what I'm not going to do is do it for you. That's what the fuck I'm not going to do. Now, you want me to show you credit? You want me to show you how to open a business? I can show you everything that I know to get you here. I know how to get here. I've been here 25 years, 30 years at this level. Yep. But don't waste my fucking time. I'm telling you now, and I say it raw, just like that. If you want to work, Less work, but do not waste my time because the biggest thing that you can waste in anybody's life 
is their time. Time is invaluable. There is no value on a person's time. So every time somebody takes the time to, to talk to you or teach you something, make sure you try to put it to use or utilize it so that they don't feel like you're taking them for granted. Because it's not even about money. That's how you can feel like somebody's taking you for granted. If you're pouring mm -hmm. into them, trying to help them better their life, they came to you with a sob story with a, you know about them and their family, yeah. and you pouring into them, helping them, and they don't do shit about it. Shit, that's worse than stealing because you'll yeah. never deal with them again. That's, that's a, but that's a great set. I'm glad you said that too, bro. Because yeah. Dante, I, I got a two part question, broski. So one, right? How 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 do you? First of all, what was the cold outreach like? I'm a salesperson, okay. and people ask me, right? One thing that's the allure of the show is how the hell did you get them? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? And, and, and if they as ask the million dollar question, I get, how did you get this one? How did you get that one? And it was like, yo, bro, I just put on the fucking camera and I just said, hey, I'm Jared from the Bronx and I got two kids and I'm trying to aspire to be somebody like you, brother. Would you mind coming on my show? Because I want to learn from you because I want to be able to apply that for my community and for myself. Okay. Either down, you're not. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Nine out of 10 times, they're down. And I'm grateful for that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm curious mm -hmm. what your outreach was like. And also, how do you maintain relationships at that level? Because sometimes people get caught up on the value aspect. And that's yep. something I got caught up on early with my mentors was how do I make sure I'm valuable? How do I make sure I'm valuable? But how do I make sure I'm valuable is by actually becoming successful and applying the time that they give to me and applying the resources that they give to me. That's how I become valuable to them. And now it's at a point where it's like therapy for both of us. Yeah, He'll tell me some shit. You know, you know how that goes, bro. It's therapy. And I'm talking some shit. And now we just on the phone for an hour. We're going through business strategies. And we just talk. We're just talking about life. Yep. Yep. And, and I think that the key to that is, is understanding who you're talking to, right? And I think that it starts there. You know what I'm saying? You got to, there, there's, there's a part of it that you are authentically you, right? So you're, th this is what I'm doing. This is me. This is authentically who I am. But I also feel like, imagine me talking to you, Jared, or me talking to you, Chadio, and, and money doesn't motivate you, but all I talk about is money. Then you're mm -hmm. going to instantly be like, here's another one of these guys. Or if flashy doesn't impress me, substance does. And you keep talking to me about flashy. Well, now you've already turned me off. So now I understand where you are and I don't feel like there's alignment between you and I. So, mm -hmm. but, so I think that there's a part where it's being authentically who you are and then understanding their interests and what drives them if you're able to find that out. You know what I'm saying? So if you're mm -hmm. able to pull that in advance. How are you able to understand somebody else's motivations? And here's the key to life, to this, to everything. We are in a generation where people aren't honest with the man or the woman in the mirror. And mm -hmm. sometimes you got to be honest and be like, I'm not ready for this. Or I am ready for this and I bring something to the table and I'm confident about this. But I mm -hmm. think that sometimes we try to go and just start talking about who we are and what we got. And we don't understand the motivations of the other person. And if you can find alignment between what you're passionate about and what they're passionate about and find commonality there, you're you're much more likely to connect with that person. Because because I've been in situations where people have been like, yo, now you're talking, you're talking my language now. Like, this is what I need to hear from somebody. Like, I've been trying to find this. I've been trying to hear this and I'm not hearing it. And I'm sorry. I, I, you know, you spitting, bro. We, 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 we're second, we're third period now. Fucking crazy. But uh, he's, he's spot on. He, he's definitely spot this, on. That this was what I really should have heard. Just understand, though, Dante, everybody is not for you. And I mm -hmm. think this is another misconception that you can be the perfect salesperson for anybody that you meet. I do not believe in that. Some people, let's just be clear, our, how you say, um, interests are just not going to align. Right. That's it. 
Correct. It doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad person. Our agenda is different. I think the moment that we as a society accept that people have different agendas, yep. we can start to get to a better place because you can meet somebody and say, listen, bro, you sound like a, a dope person and I wish you well, but we can't work together because I just, that's not what I'm doing. That's it. But but, but, but Chatty, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I agree with you 100%. And yeah. I think that there's another side of that too. I was about to go somewhere too with that. Yeah. I'm curious where you go. Well, I've, I've heard of, so, so I ha I've had partners in the past that we may not have seen eye to eye, but we had the same destination. And one of the things that, I, that I've heard uh, them say, and they, they, I'm, I'm not a rock band fan of any type, but they talk about like rock bands, Rolling Stone and yeah. Def Leppard. They're like, you know what's, what's amazing is that you don't even always have to like each other to make amazing music. And I, mm. now I come from football at the highest level. I played on, on multiple high levels, including professional. And, you know, when you get to that point, there's people in your locker room that came up different. You know what I'm saying? Some people may like this. Some, some people may be to the far left. Some people may be to the far right. You know what I'm saying? Some people may be from wherever, and some people may be from a whole different culture. But you still come together as a team, right? So there's a part where there's the compatibility where you align with people that you're compatible with, like minds, connect with like minds. And then there's another thing where we have a goal and objective and all of us are willing to play our part to get there, even if we don't talk when it's over. You know what I'm saying? I've seen people win, win championships in the NBA and win Super Bowls. And when it's over, they all go home. And some of them go into the club and some of them going home to their wife and some of them going home to their parents. You know what I'm saying? And some of them going to the mistress. You know what I'm saying? So they all go yeah. into very different places because they live different lifestyles, but they won together and they're champions together. So the question is, do you want to be champions together in business? Or do you want to win together in life? I am at the point and stage of life that I want to win together in life. So not only do I want to win, but I want to win with people that we can be on the on, on the island. What did Jay say? What did Jay Z say? You know, I'm sipping my ties with Tata. Like I want to be sipping my my ties with Tata. You know what I mean? On, yeah. on the island with people I, I I fuck with. So that's you know that's kind of I, my mentality. No, I agree with you, Dante. I'm a military guy, you know, just in case you didn't know. I'm a, I'm a Marine. So if you know anything about the military, it's the melting pot of society coming together. I was in, I was in boot camp. <coughs> Excuse me. I was in boot camp with people who come from town so small, they've never seen a black person. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like my unit had like three black people in the unit and everybody else was mixed and white and things of that nature so i understand exactly what you're saying but because i went through that it gives me the perspective to say i don't want to do it to mm -hmm. a certain point you understand yeah, yeah. yes yes we won when we when we go across season there's missions to doing things of that nature do we accomplish the mission yes but it's the road to the accomplishment Mm -hmm. that I'm concerned with now. See, back in the day when we were younger, we only cared about winning. Like you said, I care about the journey more now than just winning because the journey was so rocky. I might've lost a piece of myself or became something different that I didn't want to be because I had to deal with this person that we were just so different. We kind of forced it instead of just leaving it, leaving it alone. You understand? Those, those, those are two good. No, that's no, no, I'm agreeing with what he's saying because we're about the journey because that's what we preach. That's Jared. what we're doing. Absolutely. That's what, that's what I'm saying. That's real. We're not chasing money. We're doing it our way. Right. And a lot of people could say, hey, if you use clickbait, you could get more people. Yeah, but we ain't click. That's not what we do. We don't want to do it that way. So, yeah, yeah. Like 678 episodes. We'll right. fucking do 678 episodes. Yeah, that's it. We'll take, we'll take the, the, the road less traveled because it's only less traveled. 
until we fucking put a super highway on that motherfucker. And then everybody gonna want to take this new route. You understand? What are we talking right. about? What are we right. talking about? What are we talk about? <laughs> Love it. Love nah, it. bro, we about to yo. I already pause. I know this is gonna be a part two fucking conversation because we didn't even get to the crazy shit. <laughs> and we like forty in, and you got like forty clips, bro. <laughs> now <Nah>, listen, <laughs> Dante spitting, man. You spit some shit, bro. Yeah. It, it, and see, and and this is a, Dante. You know why this show? One of the reasons why this show is such a success because we're not bringing on dummies. And this is an ode to every guest that has been on this show. Every guest that has been on this show has dropped some knowledge and some gems that make people be like, holy shit, I did not know that. They realize the value in this show because our guests are dropping knowledge. They're not up here spitting bullshit. They're up here dropping gems that are, one, educating people, and two, motivating people to be the best possible version of themselves that they could be. So you understand? Like People like yourself come on and start spitting these gems, man. This is what this show is for, man, because we need those gems. We need these conversations. We need more of them. You know what I would add that's crazy, too, bro? From all the people we speak to, you'd be surprised how common. It's a common theme in every conversation. Yeah. It's a common theme, whether it be entrepreneurship, uh, grit. It takes a certain mindset. And that's what we really look for is the mindset, bro, because we want to really give back to the, you know what I'm saying? I've had an emotional intelligence person on here before. We talked about what separates me, what made me go right versus some of my friends that went left. I got some friends that fucking doing life in prison right now. Real okay. shit. You know what I'm saying? What fucking made me turn right? I got off the call like Trey a few nights. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, see, so what the hell made that happen? We got deep. So it's like, it's those real ass conversations that we want to have, bro. And like, for see somebody successful like you, you even said you play professional ball, bro. Like you play professional ball. What happened with that? And what led to the business, bro? Because like what you've accomplished in business, well, I want to get into that, but like what happened with the professional ball and how you get into business? Yeah. Yeah. I, I um started playing obviously in high school, uh, did the, uh, over at Austell, um, had about 96 scholarship offers. Uh, so yeah, so so uh, so I nailed it. Shit. So <laughs> I, I, I was pretty good. Um, I nailed it down to um, to Tennessee, uh, University of Texas, uh, uh, um, uh, UCLA, and um, and Ohio State. So I nailed it down to those four. I went to uh, UCLA and USC, and 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 you know the schools are very close to the to the beach. And I was like, nah, this ain't for me because I already know what how this is gonna end. This is Bro, do, do you mind giving us what the give us one crazy recruiting story? Okay, um, <laughs> what, what what they trying to get you to UCLA? Okay, I know so, they brought out the they pulled out. I'll, the I'll tell you the recruiting story, but I can't tell you the school. I can't. Tell you the I school. bet that's I bet I'll give you the recruiting story. Um, starts basic. You get assigned a guy that's already on the team. So when when you're getting recruited, you're a big time recruit. They they uh they they give you one of the one of the stars or one of the big guys on the team. So pause. So so uh <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> you're my guy. You're my guy. You're my guy. Oh, wait, wait. Oh. It deserves. Hold on. The finger was on the trip. As soon as he said oh, what I'm gonna pause, 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 pause. He paused. Right. I said pause, nigga. <laughs> I, I was in the story. I was like, yo, something like this on the, the finger, story. It was yeah. on the finger, right? 
Yeesh. Caught my damn self. I was like, yeesh. We do that to each other, bro. We catch each other. Like, hold on. I, I press, <laughs> nigga, I pressed the button on myself. <laughs> he said self-pause. No, he did. He, did. he tried to cheat me last, last season. He tried to cheat me. Uh, he said some shit he knew was wild and before I could hit the button, he hit the button. Yeah. Like, You're not going to cheat me. You still won't get this fucking fight. Oh, shit. You're stupid, bro. You're getting the hang of it, though, Dante. I like it. You're getting the hang of it. You're getting the hang of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to so they so give you a guy from the, 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 the mainstream person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, so did the rounds did the walk they have you walk out on the field now it's crazy what they do they they give you the they they, they give you you know a a list treatment when you when, when you go but back then you walk in they got the announcer there and introducing number 51 middle linebacker Dante Simpson it's like they got the they pump in the the, the, the fan noise and all that stuff you walk in the stadium the stadium was huge uh you know and, and wow. you you know you kind of get that feeling your name on the board just your, your face on the board that whole feeling and I'm like, oh, I like this. This is, you know, they give it, they, they, you know, they, this is the feeling. I feel this. And then, um, and then the evening comes, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they hit you with the oh, Jesus yeah. Shuttleworth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. That, oh, they yeah. say there's a truth in every movie. Like that's that is true. Like they literally have them waiting for you. They know what you like. They know. And what's happened is what I learned later was that they have different types. Of, of women, you know what I'm saying? And what ends up happening is as you go, they just ask you general questions, just talking. And you think it's just conversation, but they're kind of feeling what your type is and what your style is. And like, let's just say they got seven groups waiting for you. Then they'll be like, oh no, group two and three, those is his type, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever the case might be. And all of that stuff is real, man. Like that's, I done seen, wow. I done seen it all laid out in any way that you can imagine to get you to come to that school. And I'm like, so I've seen, you know, I've been in situations, you know, they say that some of these people have parties and you walk in a room and some crazy stuff is going in the room. I've multiple rooms and they would open the door and just show you like this could be your life. Boom. Oh, well, this door, that door, something else crazy is going on. This door, something else is crazy is going on. And that was part of the enticement of coming. Like all of this is just how we roll on a regular. Like you are bugging out about this, but this is just this could just be your life. And I'm like, I understand how people get caught up. Oh, oh shit! The other podcast. This was a clip in the other podcast. Order. You gotta be shitting me. You gotta be shitting me. This is the new status. I know you finished this story. I just got a quick question. When they was showing, when they was opening these doors, and you had this escort, and you're in the parties. You know, what was your response like when you were seeing all this? When when they was making you feel like, yo, you at home? Did you look at them and be like? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Or, or you could have walked in the room and been hate it. Oh, that's a fake stroke. I know fake stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Back into it. That's fake news right there. Yeah. That is fake news right there. Yeah. Nah, but no, it was, it was definitely. I graduated young, so I graduated when I was 17. So oh, at this point, you know what I'm saying? I'm young. I'm like 16, 17 years old. And I'm looking at this, and this is the greatest thing in the world to me. I'm like, this is what college is? As a dude who has really never been away from home like that, I was like, this is college? I was like, I could do this all day. So 
yeah, it, it was it was all parts of what I loved. And I feel like when Chadio's phone just rang, I feel like that may was that may have been the university calling. Like he better not say our name. So <laughs> they had to dial in real quick. They're like, hold on, hold on. We show we 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 respected you. We yeah, you. Like, no, the lawyers is on deck. So yeah, so, but but um but yeah. So one of the things that I one of the things that I liked, to be honest with you. Um, when I went to Columbus and I went to Ohio State, one of the things that they did that was really unique to me was that they took me to um, an old person's home, like an elderly uh, community. And we talked to the people who may have not had much time left, right? Or people who kind of gave you the feeling that they didn't have much time left. Yeah. And, they, and they told you the stories of, how they just wanted to live long enough to see Ohio State win another national championship. Or they just mm. wanted their whole life is, or somebody was like, you know, when I get buried, I want to be cremated and put outside of this, the, 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 the uh, Ohio Stadium. And I want this and I want that. And it's like, it made you feel like you wasn't only fighting for your team and your city and your family and your people, but you had old people who were literally like, I'm on my way out. And I just, all I want is for y'all to win. And that was the part that felt genuinely authentic because all that other stuff was manufactured stuff, right? They just had girls and you just open up. The, all that other stuff was manufactured stuff. That stuff for people who are looking for family, you know what I'm saying? It's going to school, it's looking for family and structure and this, that, and the other. It, it gave a different type of feel. So yeah, that was cool. You know what I'm saying? And I ended up choosing Ohio State and it was I was great. about to say, I would have signed right there. Like that's going to be alone. Yeah, I played for, for, for Coach That's Cooper. crazy. I was there back a long time ago. Back in the day, it was like you know, my my, my final years was the year that Eddie George won the Heisman. You know what I'm saying? So so what? yeah, if y'all remember E. George, um, Hi, Eddie was our running back, and you know you watch ESPN game day all the time. Kirk Herbstreit was my quarterback. Eddie George was that dude. Was Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit was your quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Herbstreit, Herbstreit was the was the quarterback. So it was all like that wow. entire era. So we got to see Hoying and Herbstreit and all those guys like Bobby Hoying. We got to see those guys and you know some amazing people, some Hall of Famers, you know what I'm saying, that that, that, that created, you know, so during that era, you know, Antonio Winfield and a bunch of just amazing people that are doing amazing things right now. And to be able to be a part of that journey was amazing. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, it was great. That. And um, I ended up I ended up getting hurt at the next level, man. So I didn't really I didn't really ball out more that much. There was this dude um, when I say Kurt Warner, a lot of people think of Kurt Warner, the quarterback. Right. Yeah, that's the only uh, the only Kurt we acknowledge. I don't know that. There was another Kurt Warner that was nice. <laughs> you can tell he's a rapper. You can tell he's a rapper. He knew the line he was playing. He, he, he knew the line. This for the culture, isn't it not? He's a rapper. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. But there, there was a running back that played for the Seattle Seahawks. His name was Kurt Warner. I think he mm -hmm. came from Penn State. He was actually a running back for, for Penn State in Cali. And um, y'all ever been in somebody's office and you mm -hmm. you 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 you've seen that that um that thing that may be on their desk and it's like it's a string and it has like metal cylinders and you pull one side out and the other side goes and it goes yeah. back and forth like a TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's that's what actually happened to me on the football field with my with my spinal column. So I, I hit somebody. It's, 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 yeah, it's one of the reasons that they don't allow helmet to helmet hits helmet when you lower your head. Yeah, oh. I lowered my head. He lowered his head, and it collapsed my spinal column. 
and it was in a preseason game, so I didn't even really get the chance to go. And yeah, it was a preseason game, and I took that and got carted out, and and uh, and, and and that was it. So, um, so I, I was I was there. I I I I would have made the squad. It was all a good run, and uh, we ended up getting we I ended up taking that header. Um, and it collapsed my spinal column and ruptured my L4 and L5. And that was it. That was, yeah, that was it. And back then it wasn't, the surgeries weren't as good as they are now. So back then, man, I used to put foam in you, like foam disc, you know what I mean? To kind of replace and kind of stabilize it. But, um, but yeah, so it was, it, it was a situation where I had these, these huge wow. dreams for my, for my entire life. And they came to an immediate end. Um, and they were like, yeah, you wouldn't be able to, you'll never play again. And that's, that's kind of yeah. how it ended, but. And you know, then we got we got we got to get to that, brother. I want to ask you, bro, were you drafted? Did you did you um? Because yeah. I, I want to give it some context. Like, were you drafted on the seven rounds, or were you picked up after the draft and had to actually earn a spot on the roster? You did all that, got to the preseason, and that happened. Because I would be fucking crushed. Well, yeah. and how'd you get, you get through that? Even if you get drafted, you still have He's to still go. crushed. Yeah. Still, no, no, no. I'm saying even if you get drafted, other than like first round, second, third, even if you get drafted, you yeah. still got to go to camp. They That's still can cut you from camp. No yeah. facts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They still can cut That's you from camp, even if you get drafted. So, yeah. and, and and I and I was drafted, and I got drafted out by Cincinnati. So I stayed in Ohio, and wow. then uh, and, and and then got traded over in that draft over to Buffalo. So yeah, Crazy. So that, yeah. So that that was during the eras of, if you remember, like the Doug Flutie, Rob Johnson era, when 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 the big uh when the big four had left. So uh, Jim Kelly was gone. Bruce Smith was Bruce gone. gone. Thurman yeah. Thomas was gone. And um, oh my goodness, the wide receiver. I'm having a blank. Uh, the wide receiver, Hall of Fame well, wide receiver. Ah, shit, I know you're talking about too. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's escaping me. Light skin, light skin brother. Uh, they they were gone. I I, I didn't play with them. Uh, <coughs> right. It's it, it's escaping me. It'll, it'll come to me in mid conversation. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to scream it out like well, but, but what's the odds that you go back to your hometown team? Home, and that was, that was the beauty of it. You shit me, your hometown team. team. I'm in that Buffalo of all places. Yes. Yep. That was the, and it was, you know, Eric Moles was wide receiver and Marcellus Wiley and, and you know, the whole crew. And that 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 was the crew that was there at, at, at that time. And it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, it, it was a tough end out. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how that played out, man. And it's, I, I never got a chance to, uh, I never got a chance to see that all the way through. But I, I, I feel like, you know, one door closes and another one opens and you, you, you start to see, you know, you always hear that story about guys that play and, you know, they end up losing it all after. And they said such a large percentage of folks go, you know, have to file for bankruptcy after their professional careers. And you start to understand why you get used to a certain lifestyle for so many years. Um, and it's especially even now with the, with, the, with the kids getting NIL and so much money in college. Now you start to understand how folks cannot be prepared. The one great thing about these college kids getting all the money that they're getting now is that they have a, an earlier ter- a chance to prepare for money. They can prepare for money yeah. in college. Um, and I think that's going to be a beautiful thing for the Absolutely. guys. Um, out, you know what I mean? So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays. See, but I don't I, want, I, I don't want to get too far from again. Yeah, Jared, yeah, I, no, I know you're about to say what I'm about to say the same shit. My main thing is how do you get, how do you prep yeah. your mind? Because if I was you, bro, I'm yeah. mentally crushed. I'm yeah. the person that's about to change our entire trajectory for my family. A yeah. fucking terrible hit happened. And, yeah. and now how do I get past this? Some people would go left. And you fucking chose to go right. And I'm gonna give you a quick story because I want to hear your story. But that yeah. I had a moment like that with me in my career, bro. Early in my career, I was doing mortgages. I was fucking love the place. I love the team. Um, long story short, I failed the safe test after the fucking um the 08 crash. 
I had to take a test. I failed the shit by two points three times. Ooh. By the three time, by the third time, you have to wait six months to take the test again. And my CEO sat me down after failing about two points. I'm fucking crying in the parking lot. Sat me down. Was like, look, you're too talented. I can't. I'm not gonna fucking sit here and pay you minimum wage. Okay. He paid for my cab from Melville, Long Island, to the Bronx. I'm in the cab for ah oh, God. I got a kid and shit. What the yeah. fuck I'm going to do? Nope. But that was the best thing he could have did for me because he could have fucking helped me there. And I probably went and did what I had to do and it showed me resilience. And you mm -hmm. went through it. So that's what, what interests the fuck out of me or your story. How mm -hmm. did you get over that to be you, bro? But before you answer that, Dante, we got to give you context. When he said he was crying, I mean... I was fucking crying. I was like that, yo. <laughs> I was like this. I'm in this motherfucking life. Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> Just had my kid and shit. Because I'm trying to tell you, snot boogers. He had the snot boogers and shit. We gotta get I was trying to go to Cancun. This nigga yeah, talking about Cancun. I'm trying to go to Cancun, pop a bottle. All that shit was done. It was done. It was done. That. <laughs> That's a fact. No, that's what I, that's the same thing I wanted to talk about. Your mental fortitude. Yes. Um, Jared plays basketball. I'm a sports guy. I played football, wrestling, gymnastics, all state. Same thing. I could have went to any college I wanted to, uh, but but didn't go because mentally I knew I wasn't ready. But I know guys that have lived, eat, breathe shit sports. It is a lifestyle from Pop Warner all the way up. You know, by the time you are 17, 18, 19, 20, going to college, you've you've given 15 years, 16, 17 Jesus. years of your life to this sport to not even, like you said, play one full season game. That can be devastating. devastating like mentally. Mentally, how do you how? Did you yeah, did you bro, see how, therapy? Bro. Did you would you want to talk like yeah, we would love to know how you got through that, but that's super important. That's super important for our community. Yeah, bro. We need to we need to understand. We clearly we see that. You can be successful outside of sports, but to be at the but pinnacle of that, when you and hit not that, make it, absolutely. Yeah, like, how'd you get through? Here's, yeah. here's, here's an, an interesting thing about us as black men. You you said the key word therapy, which is something that I had to go through, mm -hmm. and the other part is embarrassment, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we don't do well with as black men is embarrassment, and it's like. How do you go from the dude that was going in the club getting 20 bottles to being the security guard at the front door? Oh my god. God, that was real. And it's like that's that's because you know you know what we'll do. People will see that and be like, oh Dante done fell off. You know what I'm saying? Ain't Jared ain't that dude no more. And it's not understanding that my goal is to own security companies that operate in 10 states and turn it into a conglomerate but you're looking at me at the front door and not understanding my vision that's the hardest thing to get past because people will look at where you are and not understand where you're going and you have to be strong enough to stand in where you are and that was the biggest challenge so the biggest challenge was how do i stand in where i am today to where i want to go in the future uh, so I had to, you know, go through a therapy process. And then I had to, and then the, uh, the other thing that I say to folks all the time is sometimes you got to go to hell away. Like you got to go disappear and get your plan right. You know what I'm saying? We try to operate like we got it going on and we don't actually have a plan. So I actually went back and created a plan. When I went to school, you, you guys may be able to relate to this. I had the type of parents that were like, what do you want to do when you get to school? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, good with numbers. So it's like, you going to school for accounting? And I was like, mm -hmm. all right. 
why I didn't love accounting. I didn't, wasn't anything I was interested in. I just happened to be good with numbers. So it's like, you go with numbers, that's what you're going to do. And my parents didn't know, you know what I'm saying? So that's just kind of how that went. Mm-hmm. I didn't end up graduating in accounting, but I always tell people, again, it's not where you start, it's where you finish and find your path along the way. Um, and I was able to do that. But yeah, I had to step away entirely. And that's how I stepped into fashion. So I had relationships and I've always been good as a relationships guy, right? So one of the things that I say, people will say, what do you think is your talent? I say, I'm a marriage counselor. And they'll be like, what do you mean? And I was like, I can marry two things for common good, whether it's a product to a consumer, whether it's a brand to a consumer, whether it's consumer to consumer, like that's one of my talents is that I'm a marriage counselor. I can bring two things together and make it fit as long as it's meant to fit together. No, uh, <laughs> same time again, bro. Yo, that's a ball. We in sync. My bad. We in sync. My bad. We in sync. You know we host we like in that. Sync. Bro. We like, hold on, bro. Bro, spitting. And, yeah. and, and that, that's key for me. So I was able to go in and come up with a plan. And I was like, okay, I know these people. How can I get in? And yeah. when now I graduated in marketing, but I still had that accounting background. And there was an accounting opening at Gucci. And I was like, okay. I'm going to go in and I'm going to just get in. You know how your parents, your, your, your folks be like, just get in the door. Just get, you right. figure it out when you get in. Just, just figure get in. it out. <laughs> and sometimes you got to just get in. So I was like, I'm just going to get in. And I was doing the most non-sexy stuff. You know what I'm saying? As a person who was accustomed to certain types of spotlight, I was doing the most non-sexy stuff. But when I got in, I was able to move into business development and move into things and then moved up to a very high level and ended up, you know, moving from a, a senior management position to a senior vice president position and creating executive opportunity under this same umbrella. And mm-hmm. that, that's where everything opened up for me. Gucci? Yeah, it was, it was Gucci, senior man. Vice president? It was Gucci. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Literally moved up. And, and, it, and, and the great thing was that it wasn't only Gucci. It was the Gucci group. So, it was Gucci, and at the time it was YSL, which is now Saint Laurent. It was right. um, Bottega Veneta and Sergio Rossi, and it was all of the brands under the Gucci umbrella: Stella McCartney and Alexander McQueen. And what does it look like to build these companies and build these brands? Um, what does it look like? And back then, you know, we 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 we're used to seeing, you know. Jordans or, or Nikes and, and 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 Dior, you know what I'm saying? But you didn't see that back then. But it was like, hey, how do we take advantage of you know some of these products that are strong in streetwear, uh, that 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 are strong in the culture, and start to marry them with some of these folks? And you know, we saw we saw that first with Tyson Beckford when Tyson Beckford yeah. came out on the scene. He was that guy that kind of represented both cultures. And now, what does it look like when you start taking your brands there? And we were the first to do it. And Tom Ford was 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 very understanding to that. And and and. Um, and and went on to do some amazing things, but under the Gucci umbrella, he he that's where he got his start. So there were a bunch of us that got our start together under that Gucci umbrella and just went and grew from there. And uh and those days were incredible. Back then, um, you know, you had other brands that were always, which was Louis Vuitton. So back then, LVMH, Louis Vuitton's brand was always the number one fashion house during uh, during my era. Uh, Gucci became the number one fashion house in the world. And, <laughs> yeah, so to, to be the guy that was responsible for the development of brand and business, which is which was the the the, the role that I had. It wasn't only brand; 
it was also the business of the ROI of it. Yeah. And, and yeah. So it was, it was branded business and, and to be number one in the world, um, and be able to travel everywhere and, and, and see that happen was amazing. Um, it had not happened previously and, and we made it happen during our run and, and, and it was amazing. It was an amazing run. It was That's because Louis Vuitton don't give no fucking discounts. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 out on money by not giving discounts and losing out on money. I, 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 let, let, let me tell you one thing. I'm, I'm everybody's favorite Santa Claus, man. I, I still get the plug. Man. I still get the hookup, man. So I'm everybody's favorite Santa Claus, man. We talked about that um, last season um, about briefly how Louis Vuitton, um, I brought up how Louis Vuitton had their kind of like re re rise to fame. They're like pinnacle calling with the Titanic and things of that nature and the, the, the suitcase surviving and things of that nature. And it just goes to show you again, what, what I want to harp on is the fact that these companies have been around for a very long time. Yeah. This is where we get the disconnect from society. Yes, Louis Vuitton is a group. Gucci has a group. All these companies, right? But they've been around 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, some of these clothing companies. You know, don't forget about the other companies like Levi's and Jordache, right, that were prominent when we were coming up how long these companies levi's is still around you understand what i'm saying yeah. it takes time to build and I, again i feel like our culture always disconnects where we so fucking the ig the ig instant gratification we want it now that's not the way shit works you have to build something come up with a product keep refining your product and you keep bringing it to market in a better version of itself until you get that phenomenal product that will eventually sell itself. And then you can build from that. It's a process for everybody. And I think that's a message that we have to start hammering home more. It is a process for everybody. That's a fact. I, I, I want to I challenge you to something. You yeah. just brought up something that when I mentor people, I tell them about this all the time. Yes. Especially when I mentor older people and I want the people that are tuning in right now yes. and even even you guys, if you can open up another screen to actually look at this to understand Jordash. Yeah, so we're going to use Jordash. Matter of fact, I, shit, we, let's we, share it on. The, we can do a share screen. Let's share it. Let's look at the screen, screen together. So, Absolutely. so if, 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 if one of you guys can pull up Jordash Enterprises. You do, you're doing the chat on me. You, you, want, you want me to do it? I got you. I got you. I got you. you said Jordash jeans. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, Jordash Enterprises. Surprises. Um, Enterprises. Yeah, so if you put in Jordash Enterprises and search it and go right. down. Yeah. This is what I say to people. Jordash is something that, that they wore in the 70s and 80s, but yeah. people don't understand that it's still around. Scroll yeah. down this page and look at what Jordash owns. Look at this. Mm. They own real estate. Yeah. Look at the mm. real estate that Jordash owns. Right. In Israel, yeah. in Miami. Mm. Yeah. Look at what they own, Vegas. They, wow. these are their real estate properties. Right. Wouldn't have known that. Now, now keeps keeps Venice in in Cali. So these are their these are their hotels. Keep scrolling. This is yeah. amazing. They still yeah. own these apparel brands. So Jordash, USA Polo, US Polo, or Polo US, whatever. Those are the brands that they own. Earl Jeans and XOXO. Now keep scrolling. It gets crazier as you go. I didn't I didn't know Jordash owned US Polo. As, yeah, as that's, their brand. that's crazy. Keep scrolling That's down. Crazy. This is unbelievable. Look, they yeah. own aviation and maritime companies. Wow. They own airlines. So these are the airlines that they own. Look at this. Wow. wow. So wow. you think Jordash went away, but Jordash just went away from us. Look what they, look what else they own. Wow. Agriculture wow. industry. 
Look at these companies. Look at all of these companies. Look at Cups. <laughs> wow. Shit. That's crazy, yeah. Diversified. They diversified their portfolio, the portfolio like a bug. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Look at, look at that bottom section. Wait, go, that, that bottom section right No, no, no. Keep going up. Go up. Right, right there. Look right there at the bottom. Gulfstream and Rolls Royce and Airbus. These these Lockheed are Martin. Oh my god. Yeah, those are the brands they're working with. Yeah, that's that's big. You would never think that they had all of this. You yeah. know, Uber and Blade and you know, all of this. You wouldn't think Jordash and align with this. Yeah. But mm. this, right. th this is where I say that I, I learned this once before. And and I, I just want your 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 audience to see that so they can yeah, have it. That's story. real. That was Absolutely. real. But but one of the things that I say is the interesting thing is that they say that rich people sell and wealthy people buy. And oftentimes we sell stuff too soon. I saw something on, on social that kind of spoke towards hair uh, African hair products yeah. and who actually owns them. Right. And when you look at the top African hair products, African pride and this and that. You look at all of these different hair products. Nobody that looks like us owns any of them. Fucking Procter and Gamble is running that space. He's running that stuff. You know, you 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 take a look at you know, you know the the television networks and who owns them, and you know you'd be surprised if there's only one or two that are actually owned by us that are significant um, uh, uh, in the marketplace. So you know we 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 observe these things, but we've got to learn from them. You know what I'm saying? So what ends up happening when 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 Jared did the monologue when he when he gave me the Steve Harvey intro. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I was about to run out like 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 Cedric, you know, like shit. He's out of control. You're out of control. <laughs> but um, you know, and it's, you know, you, 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 out of control. You. you you, you, you observe those things and, and, and you, you, you know, one of the things that he mentioned is some of the folks that we work with and our strategy in business was, hey, and, you know, if, 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 if you come from certain places, you know, if, 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 if you're the new kid on the block and you don't want people to mess with you, you either align with the biggest dude on the block or you go knock them out. Beat them one or the other. You, you figure out which one you're going to do and then people won't mess with you. We went and aligned with the biggest folks on the block and and and, and some of the things that we've learned and i'm going to share with you in, in these conversations working with steven spielberg and working with ridley scott and working with some of these folks some of the things that we've learned because these are the things that folks that look like us have to go through a lot of losses to learn but when you're at the table with some of these folks and you get to see how they're treated now you understand how you need to be treated so so, so that's one of the things that was the model to what we did is we said, hey, how do you scale quickly, but right? What, 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 what did Rick Ross say? He said, I don't want to do it right. He said, I want to do it correctly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what we did is that we understood that a lot of businesses fail because they're not able to scale. So we were identifying, hey, it's an opportunity in a moment, but we need to be able to scale properly. And we went and got, you know, you mentioned PRG. PRG has 15,000 employees in 15 countries on five continents. They are our exclusive partner in the in, in the gaming and gaming production space. We, you know, we went to places, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and then I'm I'm not gonna get too deep into it, but because I will later on in the conversation. Yeah. But just for people that are tuning in, just to keep just just to keep them interested and, and, and to keep them keep them going. I was sitting home one day, and I was like, I don't know if anybody's ever seen video game trailers, the actual trailer for a video game. Yeah. Video game trailers are as good as movie trailers. Absolutely. Yeah. You seen Call of Duty with Nicki Minaj and all the celebrity influencers? 
We did it. Y'all did that? That's I'm us. not gonna chime in because you know I'm a I'm a gamer. Wait, hold, hold on, hold on. He said, wait, hold on. He said he did the trailer did of Call of Duty with Nicki Minaj. Oh, that's fire. No, we've done the last two. So the one that you saw with Gunner and yeah. and, and, and then when he jumped out of the building into the helicopter, that yeah. was us as well. We did that as well. That's right. our business. So when we get into it, you'll be interested to see when I told you that the stuff from my past is all stuff that I'm doing in my current. So I brought Atlanta culture into gaming. So when you see Quave on all, Atlanta culture, remember I told you it's all gonna make sense later. Yes, it's, this yeah. is a little, this is a little forecasting for everybody tuning in. So it's like, yeah. wait, he started telling us he's from Atlanta. He mentioned SWATs. He mentioned now I see why these people were in these, you know, what this looked like. These were folks that behind the scenes we've been advocating for to bring them into some of these titles. But one day I was sitting and I was like, man, why is it? That when I go to the movies to go watch Batman or Spider-Man or a Marvel's film, and simultaneously there's a video game coming out for Spider-Man or Gotham Knights, which is Batman. Why don't I see those trailers before the movie? It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand that. So we called Screen Vision and I said, hey, Screen Vision, you guys own most of the, the screens in America. Why don't you do this? And he goes, they were like, we don't have the relationships. I was like, well, we produce those trailers. So why don't you give me that inventory and let oh me put those trailers in it's front crazy. of the movies? So when you went to go see, when the last Spider-Man came out or when the last um, uh, Black Panther came out or when these movies that over-index in the gaming space come out and when you watch those trailers and you see a gaming uh, trailer on, always think of me. We place those and likely produce those as well. So we took a look at some of these spaces and said, wait, why are we not taking advantage of this? Now, the funny thing about Screen Vision is that they also have control of most of your Division One and Division Two yeah. jumbotrons when you go to the basketball games and the football games. Yep. Wait, these are college kids who game. Give me those screens, too. <laughs> so when you go oh, to go against North Carolina or Ohio State against Michigan and you see the Call of Duty trailer come on on the jumbotron, now you know who's behind that. So I told you I played sports. So again, what did I tell you? You know that you found your destiny when everything that you did yeah. is a part of what you do now. Every part of the joking that we're having and the laughing that we're having, right. when I tell you what I'm doing now, every single part of it is a part of my past and my past journey. So I wasn't ready for this back then. But right. now I can see. I'm ready. For Fucking it. destiny. You found destiny. You found Beyonce. You found the destiny child. Love, God. That's gangster, bro. I'm going to be honest with you, Dante. What? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You had my curiosity. But now you have my attention. We talk about solving a problem. And I'm talking about solving a problem. You solved the industry-wide problem. No, listen. With, the, there's a couple of them that we've tapped into yeah. that folks are like, whoa, we didn't even think about that. And yeah. the beauty of it is that they didn't know it at the time. So they call it a Trojan horse, right? Yeah. So you yeah. see us doing, you know, we did these cool things. And then all of a sudden now you start seeing why we did them. I'm not getting into too much of the music stuff because we haven't gotten to the music part of the story yet. We're still on the fashion part of the story. When we get to the music part of the story, then you'll be able to see why a lot of this makes sense and why... Gaming, I always say that there's there's certain things that are universal languages, right? Yeah. Math. One plus one is two, no matter where you go on this planet. 
Math is a universal language. It doesn't matter. Except for computer language. One plus Except one. For Correct. One plus one is one. If you talk about ones, one, ones and zeros, right? Zero. Zero. right. <laughs> if, we talk about, if we talk about programming and code, one plus one is one. <laughs> Didn't know that. Didn't know that. That's, good. Yeah. That's, that's, a quick, that's a quick coding class tip. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, love is love, right? Love yeah. is love. Love breaks barriers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, and Chadio, you can appreciate this. Gaming breaks barriers. I can play Call of Duty with somebody from Germany that I don't even speak the same language with, and we can Absolutely. still, we can still play the game together. There's certain things that you know, sciences are universal languages. There's certain things that are universal languages. Music. You, 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 you. When, when, when Michael Jackson, rest his soul, was living, he could go to Asia, and they'll be falling out over him, and they don't barely speak English, but they knew every word to his song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and you know, music is a universal language. But yeah, when you yeah. start to combine universal languages sports that's why the world cup is such a big deal it yeah. unifies people around the game of soccer sports is a universal language but there's power what you guys do is a universal mm -hmm. language you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying what you know what i'm saying what what ends up happening is when you combine universal languages that's huge and that's what gaming is gaming has become the home of universal languages and mm -hmm. that is where things become very very you know, AOC was running for political office and where'd she come? She came to Twitch. You know what I'm saying? You've got politicians now coming to Twitch because they understand the benefit of that universal audience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you start it's seeing- a, It's a power there, Dante, that is untapped because it was not respected. I got to chime in. Yep. Too many adults look at gaming as just a little kid thing. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the problem. You don't, you're not respecting what it is you're not respecting the fact that a professional e-gamer has to put in the same amount of time if not more developing his game skills on whatever game that is as you got to put in in the gym it's strategy it's 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 critical thinking based it's everything I, it's, I think that i think that perception has changed bro i'm 35 years no, old and not a day now, now no, yeah now and it's shifting because right. the, the young gamers from Sega, fucking Nintendo, 64, you know what I mean? All of those, we grew up with the shit. I'm 35 years yeah. old, and I play 2K yeah. every fucking night. Yeah. I have it, to play 2K. Because it became a part of the culture. What did 2K do, right? Remember, all the, remember all, before 2K, before 2K, the NBA game, the, the NFL game to play was was um, Madden, right? It was Madden, and then um, live, live. Sega had um, NBA Live, right? It was those two first. Oh, yeah, that's EA, EA. It, uh, right, EA, right? They had Live, right? But what, what made these games blow up wasn't the game itself. It was the introduction to the online community. That's what really exploded these games, and that's what Dante's talking about, right? Yeah. When everybody had to come to our house and we all played PlayStation and stuff, that was cool. But the moment that PlayStation and Microsoft opened up these online communities, like Dante said, now you can play people from China. It opens everything up. That's the first thing they did. The second thing they did was they really, really, really integrated the culture, right? So what is one of the biggest things that you pay for in these NBA games? Is the player's clothing. Is the player's lifestyle, right? Because you do down the, the PC, right? You, get the, you understand what I'm saying? So now they're immersing the culture so much into it that it's like, oh, this is this is exactly me. I can make the character look exactly like I look outside. Yeah, of power, there's power and money and personalization. There we go. You understand what I'm saying? And, and that's bringing every, and now what they've done even a step further now is their cross-plat. Because remember, that was a big divide, right? I'm a big Xbox guy. You a big um, um, PS5 Sony guy. We can't play the same game together, even if we have the same game. That's no more. Now it's cross-plat. We both can play. 
now they're combining the best of both worlds. It's like, how do you lose now? Yeah, now you have to put respect on it because so many people are playing it and it's making so much money that it's undeniable at this point. See, I, I wanna see, I want I wanna go back, bro, because I want to go back to the Gucci stuff and I want to lead back into this because I want to understand more how you led into this lane because you could have stayed in fashion, right? But right. before you do that, like so me would what intrigues me, I'll just say this about the streaming and game gaming. What intrigued me is the marketing opportunity of it, right? Like, right. how do you calculate the ROI of your of of Don uh, just Don having his shorts on 2K? Right of McDonald's being shown, Pepsi, right? The actual ads. How do you how do you calculate the value on that when it's a reoccurring impression? It's funny that you asked that. Somebody somebody was just talking to me about that literally yesterday. Crazy um, music industry trying to understand, like, hey, you don't get downloads, you don't get streams, you don't get this. How do you like what is the what does the money look like? Yeah, and how how do you calculate it? And I said it's it's interesting in order for you to understand the money. You've got to understand the way that. So let's just use GTA, right? Let's yeah. use Grand Theft Auto, right? Perfect. Perfect. Let's just say that you're riding around and you ride past a Coca-Cola sign. In order for you to ever understand what the value of that is, you've got to understand how Coca-Cola is paying for that in-game ad, and you've got to understand the cap of what they're paying. If you never understand that, you'll never understand how to monetize because you'll always undersell yourself. You know what I'm saying? If you're an artist, well, where would you get the cap of what Coca-Cola is paying? If yeah, so every every deal is a little different, right? So mm. you've got to be able to say, hey, I want to do business with you, but I need to understand this, that, and the third. And the question is, the statement is that sometimes it's not about you not knowing. It's more so about you not knowing what question to ask. Nothing. And and that's, that's the question. Not knowing is never a flaw. Not knowing what to ask is the flaw. So mm. you want to understand how it's monetized or how you can monetize against it. That was one of the great things that we did with Travis in Fortnite is that he understood the in-app purchases and the mm. value of wrapping your weapon with the, with, with the Cactus Jack logo or, you know, where he understood the value and he bet on himself. I've seen other artists come into that performance space that we've worked with that have just wanted a check and they left millions on the table. And any of you can Google and look up and see how much Travis made from that Fortnite thing. And you'd be shocked if you think it's a million, if you think it's 10 million, if you think it's some low number, it's not that he made more than that. He made double that. And when you understand that he made that based off of betting on himself and that his fans were going to purchase in game, in game, in game acts, excuse me, then you understand the value. Now, when other brands are in a game and you're trying to monetize against the promotion that they're getting because you're promoting that game, you've got to understand those deals. Dr. Dre did that with Grand Theft Auto and the casino game. Uh, and he 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 understood, you know, what's the, you know, and when I talked to him, he's like, nah, he's like, that's the first question I asked. I was like, all right, smart. And, you know, he understood that. Those are the things that industry execs and artists need to understand. Hey, how much are you guys making off of this game just from advertising? Because if I'm promoting it, I need some of that ad dollar. And I, I compare it to the NFL and the collective bargaining agreements when, they're, when their unions negotiate them. They've got to understand, hey, you just got a new TV deal. You just got $3 billion on a new TV deal. We need some. So you've got to understand what that advertising looks like. And that's the key. So when you start talking about marketing and advertising and how you monetize against it, the key is just simply understanding, okay, this is what it is. Then I need 2% of the ad dollars associated against it. And in return, I'm going to give you this. And when we hit this milestone, then I want this. But if we hit a higher milestone, then I want that. 
and understanding milestones, understanding trajectory, and understanding then this is what my efforts yielded. So if my efforts yielded this type of return, then I want this type of return. And understanding what that looks like. You're on, you're on mute, Jared, but that's that that's you're that's, on mute, Jared. Yeah. My fault. I, I was rocking with you. I'm like, yo, bro, absolutely. Yeah. But I think also artists miscalculate their brand value. How, how how do you how do you calculate that correctly? Like Travis, I get the better on yourself, and I just Googled it. It says 20 million just off of in-app purchases. 20 million. In-app purchases. Correct. 20 million just off of in-app purchases. Yeah. So 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 I say to you, think about what Epic Games and Fortnite made. If if Travis made 20. Mark, so, my guys. Yeah, so Mark. So that's that's something to think in. And Marcus, when you say that, it was a hit for a couple of different reasons. Um, and part of it was because it was a pandemic. You know, we got we got a call from ESPN and ESPN is like, hey, can we get gaming content? You guys may remember on ESPN too, they were they were airing uh, 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 esports tournaments and they were oh, airing man. different gaming stuff during the pandemic because there was no new games. So basically all ESPN had was our content that we had in the, in, in the can and the last dance with Michael Jordan. So that was all that we were watching on ESPN. And we was basically watching 85 Bulls and, and you know, 88, you know, 90 uh, 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 Detroit Pistons and all this other stuff. But that, that, that's what ended up happening. But, you know, that, that Travis, um, though it wasn't the first, it was the one that changed the game. Because every you had a captive audience. Everybody was home. Kid, parents that didn't know anything about it knew their kids were attached to it. And that was one of our, one of our productions. We did that. You know, we we we, wow. we went and got him, and you know, he 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 bought into it. It's, it's you know, one day I'll tell that story about Chris Jenner's involvement in making that happen because it's kind of funny. But uh, but you know, just just kind of getting into in, into that. And I know you want to go back to uh, to the Gucci stuff, but yeah, just he he okay. understood that he had an audience. And one thing that I say about that moment is think about what it created tr- for Travis. You know, he went and did a deal because of that with McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they had merch at McDonald's. And if you guys remember the commercials from McDonald's, Travis wasn't in the commercials because they weren't shooting because it was a pandemic. They used the character from the performance in the commercials for McDonald's and created, you know, that that Travis meal and, you know, so on and so forth. So he was able to take one thing during a downtime, turn it into something else that then turned into something else. And you start looking at all the deals that he got, you know, that 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 were a product of that. And you know those those were moments that you can't recreate. Recreate. I, want to say I think that's a big coincidence, Dante. <laughs> exactly. No, no. Seriously, I just, I just because you said it, I just put it together. Mm-hmm. Remember, Save the Last Dance was this, the the Michael Jordan story, mm-hmm. right? That's the last day. Save the last dances with Julia Styles. You're right. The last <laughs> dance. Right? So. Well, you know, when they when they talked about like you know what happened with the Bulls and stuff like that, right? And 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 what happened, and then you know you get the phenomenal biopic that you know from Jordan and how he changed the game, how his mother was the first person to say, "Well, I know how you normally do sneaker deals, but we want to do it this way yeah, and change the fine. game." Because oh air came out after that, you know what I mean? Yep. That shit. <laughs> yeah, Mark, <laughs> he's, he's, Mark is just laughing like yeah, that, the battle. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I definitely, I definitely was watching. I definitely watched the, the the last dance. I I enjoyed it a lot. You know what I mean? Um, but it goes to show you like the the correlation of having a system in place, becoming a part of the system, but saying let's tweak it a little bit. 
and let's try it this way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you get a result that ends up being something that you've never seen before. That now, like, think about this. At the time, Fortnite wasn't even the biggest game out. It was one of the biggest, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the biggest. You understand? You had games like Roblox. You had games like Clash of Clans, Clash Royale. You had a bunch of League online Legends. games. League of Legends that we play oh, right now. That, that the, you know, the money is $10 million a month. The money it was generating was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But now that he's done that deal, now anybody else that comes in is now able to use what he's done as wow. a basis. So if they have any type of you know platform anywhere near his his cloud and his numbers, they can say, "Listen, I don't know what Travis did for his deal, but I you know I know this, this, and that. I've learned from that. I want to do my structure, my deal the same way." You but understand? But to be the first person gonna, to understand gonna... that, right? Right? Because look, right, my fault, bro. I just yeah. want to say about the um, because there was kids that are suing right now, um, two milli for the milli rock. Mm-hmm. They were using yeah. the dances yeah. for yeah. Fortnite. Those dudes weren't monetizing, yeah. right? Yeah. So for Travis to see that and say, "Hmm, yeah, they're suing that. They're doing this. I'm gonna bet on my." It's being able to fucking bet on, get your bet on yourself merch, y'all, and actually fucking do the shit yeah. <laughs> and, and actually do it. That's and actually do the and, shit. And and and, I, and, I, and I'll tell you this. And again, you can pull this up while I'm talking. If anybody chooses to pull this up, mm-hmm. if you look at the number of people that were in attendance mm-hmm. for. Fortnite Travis, which we did. And then if you compare the number in attendance for Little Nas X. And for League Roblox, of Legends. No, oh. Roblox. Roblox. Oh, Little Nas X and Roblox. You'll see that more people were in attendance for Little Nas X. Little Nas X was at about 33 million. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. A lot of people in attendance. Yeah. Now, I can only say this, and then you guys have to connect the dots. Yeah. Nobody made more than Travis. So you have to ask yourself, why is mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. So I told you earlier, some people want the bag. Some people bet on themselves. Yeah. Well, so the difference is, do you want the, you know, X amount or do you want zero? But now I'm a partner and now I'm a piece of it. And, yes, and yeah. one will get you the bag. Yeah. One will be transformative that you can pass to your children. Yeah. Both of them were amazing performances. One yeah. wasn't better than the other. Yeah. Um, it was just a simple fact of how the deals were structured. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, no one's made more than Travis. And that makes sense. See, the reason I said League of Legends, the reason I said League of Legends, because Little Nas X, I believe, ended up yes. becoming the president, was, yeah. became the president of League yes. of Legends. And they actually came out with the character Kaysante. Kaysante based off a little Nas's ex um, character. But I will tell you, um, so he did a little little bit of promo for them and things of that nature, but he disappeared from the scene very quickly. It wasn't as big and and sustained as Travis. So now I understand what you're saying. And I just got one question. I know, um, I don't know if Travis had anything to do with it, but I know the Fortnite, the motorcycle boot. I know they actually had made that into production. I think it was like 1200. It was the actual motorcycle boot um, that they wore on the bikes. It says Fortnite on. I think there was like 12, 1500. Did Travis have something to do with that? No, he did not. But I I, I almost say that 
certain things are inspired, right? So it's inspired by, but not, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that, that, that's- Because I know some collectors, I, I, I don't know how many pieces, I know it was limited, maybe 600 no, it was pieces. In LA. It was a limited yeah, but yeah. I know they were going crazy trying to get those boots and, yeah. and, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, we got a whole talk on the game and like this shit intrigues the hell out of me, bro. Yeah. yeah. What, what, I love that, this shit. That stuff become a marketplace. And anytime you can create a marketplace, and that's what makes Fortnite so very interesting is that they've created a marketplace. Yeah. Um, and once you can create a marketplace that just kind of has a game foundation, it becomes interesting, um, you know, and, and, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into more of that. But I always, I, I liken some of these stories to the story that Magic Johnson tells when he tells that, you know, he, he had a Nike-like deal. He had a, he had a brand Jordan-like deal and didn't take it because he wanted the cash. So he's like, give me the check and I'm going to go do this with, forgive me, I don't remember. I think it was Converse or whoever he did his deal with. But he was like, whatever it was, he's like, I want the check. He's like, I don't want brand magic. Like, I don't want that. I want the check. And he said that it was, he said that he ended up losing billions of dollars because he did not do the Jordan. And then they went and offered the deal. So magic actually had what brand Jordan is today. They went to magic first and he did, he declined it. And then they took it to Jordan and the rest is history. So Mm -hmm. You know, he, he says that that's, that's one of his biggest business regrets is not not taking that deal that Jordan eventually did take. But but let me just ask a question. Can, let me just play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what you have in place trumps the future, right? Because now the Jordan brand takes time to develop. The Jordan brand takes time to build. Mm-hmm. Magic, and I don't know what stage of the game he was at, but remember, Magic is a serial entrepreneur. He owns movie theaters and restaurants and stuff. Maybe he needed that influx of capital in the moment to secure a deal that he already had in place, and he just needed more skin in the game. So in his mind, that was the best way to handle it because I have a deal. I'm I'm not using my own, you know, all of my money, but I have to have skin in the game, and maybe I need this money to make this deal go through. So, you know, business-wise, sometimes I don't think – you just have to make the best decision with what you're presented with in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and nobody can know the future. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just make a, a best. And I, so, I, I, I like I said, I don't, I, I, I don't know what his deal was at the time, but I'm, I'm just thinking that could definitely have been a possibility. Clearly, neither one of them lost, right? So, both of them won. And, and you know what right. happens is I often say that sometimes the best, the best, the best door, the, 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 the best door option you have is the door that you don't own. Because what ends up happening is if you do open that door and if, if, if it doesn't go the way that you want, that's an L on, on, on your record. You know what I'm saying? And you never had that L on your record. So it's like you're still perceived a certain way. So sometimes the best choice is, 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 or the best path is a path that you don't travel. Um, and, and, and you never know what would have been awaiting for you um, in, in that other path. And it could not, it could be not as good as, as, as just not taking it at all. So. Message. That was real, bro. That was real, bro. That was real. I, I do want to get back, bro. Yeah, yeah bro. You, no, you was the senior vice president of motherfucking okay. Gucci. You see what you see where it comes back to the video games is good, the meals is good. No, we going going back because I want to understand that's a big shift. It's all culture, it's all part of the culture, and how you integrated that to make a bigger bet on yourself. That's what I love. So, like, bro, first of all, as senior vice president of Gucci, we talk about playing the game a lot. How are you able, like, first of all, you said something that they identified that they wanted to get with streetwear, right? That's yeah. something that most brands wouldn't even fucking identify. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. The 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 funny part about being there is kind of navigating um, the, the global game. audience, right? Yes. Like you got to navigate the global audience. So I I always 
there weren't many people that looked like me in, in those rooms. There were very few globally that looked like me in those rooms. So yeah. I always got a certain type of energy that, you know, a lot of us have to deal with, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in some of those rooms. So it's like I would go into certain places and they would think that I wasn't who I was. Now, I was in I was in Italy. Right. And my first name is Dante. So they're like, oh, Dante Allegheny. Like they're thinking that it's a certain guy. And then I walk in the room. Right. So we didn't have FaceTime and we didn't have Zoom back then. So they didn't know. You know what I'm saying? So they're thinking. So I've, I've been in rooms where people have thought I was security. You know, I've been in rooms where people thought, you know what I'm saying? So like, you thought help. Like, you, you work for me. And that's how I felt. Just like that. Just like that. So, so, Dante, go give me a bagel. It was, it was always a funny thing kind of watching people's face when, yeah. you know, when, when, when it, when they started to realize and, I was somebody who studied a lot. So I studied, you know, what I did. So I, I knew what I was talking about. So, you know, that, that was also a part of the thing where it's like, no, this wasn't a gifted title. This wasn't a gifted position. I had to work through, you don't even know how I started. Like I started here, you know, in the accounting room, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Doing month end and year ends, you know, everybody going home. I'm there at 12 o'clock trying to close the books. Like I went through that kind of thing. So, you don't even know how I got here. Like I had to work harder than you did to get here. You know, and absolutely. Yeah. So, and for context, for those who are not in corporate, it is so hard <laughs> to change fucking departments. If you're right. in sales or you're in marketing, it's hard to go to customer success. It's yeah. hard to go to the dev team. It's hard to go to experience. For you to go to accountant yeah. to the actual business, it makes sense. But that's a big shift because now we're talking about pitching, creative yeah. integrations, yeah. all these different facets of business and marketing. And they're like, damn. And you fucking proved right. That's a yeah. hard to do, bro. Yeah. Yeah, but that, let's not oversell this thing, man. It's hard to fucking lateral move in any company, in any business, especially if they don't believe in you. Let's be clear. Yeah, take a supermarket. And you us. start off at the fucking if they if you start off as the cashier, nobody's making you the manager next week. You understand yeah. what I'm I saying? Know. Like they're looking at you like you could be the best cashier in the world. They're like, you ring up shit. You just scan it across the scanner, and that's all you do. You know what I mean? So yeah. in any in any place you work at if they don't believe in your abilities as a person uh, then the ceiling's right you're at the fucking yeah, ceiling almost impossible to move yeah that's real though that's real so that was that that was good and like you said it often takes people to believe in you you know what i'm saying pe pe people to buy into what you bring to the table and and, and also people to feel like they that, that, that they need that so that was that was really good for me and then um what ended up happening um while i was there was that they got acquired so they got purchased by a company called PPR. Uh, Selma Hayek's husband, actually, uh, was yeah, was her and her and uh, uh, Henri Pinal uh, is is the P in PPR, uh, and and he uh, he and his team uh, actually acquired Gucci. Now it's owned by Kering. Um, uh, the company Kering is the parent company, but at that time it was PPR, and they came and acquired. And they made a wholesale change, man. They um. They they got rid of uh they got rid of Tom Ford they got rid of Domenico Del Sol who was a CEO and they got you know myself and a whole bunch of folks they moved on from us man and it was that was another tough one you know what I'm saying and, um, and and I'm over I'm over in Italy and I was like hey let me go back home and uh and and, and went back home and um because music was changing and music was becoming a fashion place, you know what I'm saying? At that time, people was wearing, was starting to wear the designer and music was fashion. And I came from that. I knew some music folks. And then obviously being down in Atlanta at that time, Atlanta was like a music haven. You know, Jermaine Dupri had Atlanta going crazy and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, I was able to step right into uh, to Arista. 
and uh, and and that was the beginning of of an amazing journey as well. But that fashion stuff was was the foundation to everything that I did because I learned so much. Um, one one of the greatest things was working with Tom and and everything that he did. And you know, he just recently sold his company um, for a couple billion dollars. And one of the things that he did, um, and I had mentioned this to you, Jared. One of the things that he did that was very cool was he sent out handwritten letters to folks that impacted his career and his life. And I was one of the people that he sent a handwritten letter to. Okay. And it was, hey, you know, what you meant to me in my journey was invaluable. Um, yeah, that was, that was a hand, you said a handwritten letter though, handwritten. right? A handwritten letter. Did you, did letter you frame it? Do you still have, I gotta have it. So we frame yeah, it, what you do with it? Framed it, absolutely, absolutely framed it. Bro. It's, it's up in the house. And it's kind of one of those things that's like, you know, a lot of people, you, you know, you're a part of their journey and they move on. And they you know how many of us have ex-coworkers that we will probably never talk to again, you know what I'm saying? But to to for him to still remember, you know, whatever values it was that I brought uh to the table was was invaluable to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I don't have a reference letter, but read this letter. <laughs> it's something you can read to kind of know who, you know, kind of what I what I've done and what he went on to go do. So, wow. so yeah, so that's that's a confidence booster too. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, one You've of those already things. shown it, but I mean, to get something like that from a guy yeah. that's running one of the you know most luxurious yeah. companies in the world for, for clothing and tell you how invaluable you were to teaching him something, yeah. you know, if, you, if your chest was pumped out here and then you walking around like Hogan, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. South Beach, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Every 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 conversation is the Arnold voice. Exactly. You let us know like what what, yeah. what are, like is there is do you have a cool story you don't mind telling us that you had with Tom Ford that made him kind of go to the letter? Does, was it something that a big business deal? Was it something that happened that you was like, man, I, I might have touched him then or pause, not touched him, but you know, I might have inspired him then. That was wild. Hey yo. Hey yo. There's no way you thought you there's no way you thought you was getting away from this. No way. I can't even let you fly with that beat. Nah. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time the guest pressed the button on. <laughs> Dante, <laughs> hit the button. Dante hit the button on you. Yeah, you know, I was about to be like, like <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Dante yeah, the in the title history. The first the time the guest has pressed the button on the host. <laughs> That was, 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 was, that was, that was, you started getting sensual when you said it, bro. That was all. Nah, 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 Ladies and gentlemen, he's out of control. You got to put Jared in time out. I would love, I definitely would love to hear a, a, a Tom Ford story though. That, that'd that be dope. Yeah, I, I think that um, yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you two. Um, okay. uh, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a cool one for the culture. Um, so um, 
was talking to him. This was well after the the, the employment stat, uh, and uh, and 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 Jay Z had had mentioned him uh, with, with Kanye in, in, in a song. So Jay Z had Jay Z had reference Tom Ford. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and I asked him. I was like, man, what did what did that what did that do for you? Like, what did that do? He's like, man, listen, business is through the roof. He said. <laughs> 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 he, said he said, I don't know if he wants to cut it. He said, business is through the roof. He was like, between the colognes and every the vanillas and everything that he was selling at the time, he was like, what one of the things that he noticed that the culture can do is just a reference in a song, repetitively that way, can spike business for them in ways that they never realize. It's like, you know, you say influencer this and, you know, get this celebrity to to, to endorse this, but having it in a song repetition, um, you know, that, that, that that's on repeat constantly, he he actually was able to break down what that meant economically. That mm-hmm. was the thing that I found. And it wasn't a, it was a personal conversation, but it was something that I mm-hmm. found absolutely amazing because yeah. we don't know, you know, Jay-Z mentions it. Yeah, I mean, somebody mentions that you know Beyonce and something that's culturally influencing, and you just hear it, but you don't know what it actually did for that product. And to hear you know somebody say, "Hey, I'm just using a, a round number. Hey, we were selling a hundred of these. This person mentioned it in song, and now we're selling ten thousand. We haven't seen that happen in front of our face that way recently, outside of like Keith Lee." You know, no, when he does food no, review. No, I got, no, I, 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 got the, I got the example. I thought you were no. going to go there. The no. J-Lo dress, the Versace J-Lo shit. The, the Versace, when she wore the Versace. Well, that wasn't viral. I, I didn't think it was going there. Now this, you wilding. That green shit she had on at the yeah. award show. But here's my thing. Nah, bro. That, it, it led to exposure. But that did wasn't it lead to sales? Yeah. Did you see a it's, bunch of people wearing it? That's what I'm. That's that the difference. You're talking exposure and recognition. But technically, cologne one cologne. I'm not walking around smelling, motherfucker. You wearing time for you wearing time. So, <laughs> so okay. cologne, you don't know no, what the, 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 oh, the oh, analytics. Is talking, huh? Analytics. I'm the analytics. Show. Analytics. Okay. Okay. Where we going with yeah. it? The analytics show, oh. bro. Yeah, you, you know what you you know if, if we if our show goes viral right now with Dante, we know what the fuck our OTP. Oh yeah, so of course, of course, and it's the same principle. No, no, I'm just saying, it's no way that. Versace shit didn't go crazy when she wore that fucking green dress on the motherfucking award with, with Diddy. Uh, but I was like, it was levels, levels to that shit. Yeah, I feel like it's it's a limited edition piece, so you don't see everybody doing it. Like when I mentioned Keith Lee and he's at a pizza shop, you can yeah. then look at that pizza shop and they got two hundred people in line outside the store. Okay, I got you. I got For the you. last right. year, they've only had two hundred people a month. You know what I'm saying? You. And all of a sudden, right, he comes. Yeah. That's an instantaneous spike in sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now exposure, brand exposure, a hundred percent. That green J Lo dress, a hundred percent brand exposure. Yeah. But I'm talking about he's talking about. Hey, we were averaging a hundred, and now mm-hmm. we're at ten thousand. This mm-hmm. is a totally different ball game, and it's all attributed to these mentions and references. Where and people are still now, you know, attached to that fragrance. I got, you know, I I wear it. You know what I'm saying? But like you said, I don't walk around smelling. Folks or anything like that. <laughs> you know, well, exactly, exactly. But but I, but I can say that I've had yeah. situations where 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 women will be like, "Hey, what are you wearing? Yeah. I want to get that for my man. Like, what is that?" And yeah. I know what fragrances those are that move the needle. For example, yeah. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, that 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 was something that was interesting to hear behind the scenes what our culture did and impacted sales elsewhere. So. That was interesting to hear. Uh, that 
you know, you know what? Can I ask you a quick question too, Dante? Yeah. Before you, can, you know, because we're talking about with the the value, the the value that Jay Z song Tom Ford had on his brand. Mm-hmm. What kind of value did things like having the relationship with Tom and getting the things like the letter have on your career? Yeah, it's interesting. I think that when people see that on you know in my background, they they understand that I also come from structure. So if you guys have, mm-hmm. have worked in music or know folks that work in music, you know that a lot of that, which was my next stop. It's freelance stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. that stuff is just, I'm on the move. And I always say that if, if you can make it happen in music, you can make it happen anywhere. But a lot of that yeah. stuff is freelance. It's almost like you just got to get to the end. It doesn't matter the journey. You know what I'm mm. saying? Whereas in fashion, the journey matters. You know what I'm saying? How you get there and integrity of brand and this, that, and the other, all of those things matter because their image matters. In mm. music, it almost feels like the image doesn't matter. The image of the artist matters. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. people have talked down about the music industry for de- for decades and people don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't care what you say. It's like, you're still going to have to come here and do business with us. So we just want to get the next pop star, or the next hit or the next viral moment on, on TikTok and have the next hot TikTok song and sign. So it's almost not a brand integrity thing, unfortunately, in music like it is in fashion because that matters a lot. So- yeah. When people see that you worked with those caliber of individuals, they understand that you have a certain craft of integrity and building business model, not just making it happen. I like to say that I'm the balance of both, right? I'm the balance of let's make it happen and I'm the balance of, but let's do it right. You know what I'm saying? So let's let's do this the right way um, and let's build this the right way. So I think that that has been the biggest value that I've seen as well as it was so many fashion houses. So a lot of people originally thought it was just Gucci until they learned that it was all of them. Oh, and then they right. were, okay, you can do, you know, 10 different types of brands at the same time and make that happen. And that's, that's part of what became interesting in the story. Mm. You know, you know, I, I, this might, I don't know if you're thinking this too, chat. I'm also curious when you're running the Gucci brands, the umbrella, the YSLs, Yves Saint Laurent, uh, Bottega, Gucci, mm-hmm. right? How how do you differentiate each brand and what kind of thought process goes into differentiating and giving it its own story? You have to be able, you know, you always say people wear many hats. Um, you almost have to be schizophrenic when you yeah. do because everything has its own DNA and everything has its own personality. Exactly. So, you know, the Bottega Veneta brand is very different than the Sergio Rossi brand. It's very different than the YSL brand. So you have to be able to connect one of the things that they say about denzel washington that makes him so great and they use this word quite a bit is that he's a method actor so he gets into character and that's one of the things that makes him so great i saw um an interview that that rizza did and rizza said that when he was in american gangster by the way that was another ridley scott movie when you were mentioning ridley scott yeah, yeah. American <laughs> Gangster. when 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 he did american gangster he said that denzel wouldn't talk to him and he didn't understand why. And they were at the movie premiere. He was the police. In that he was the police. He said he, he had the police. his mind. He was like, I don't, he was like, I ain't fuck with you. You was the police. And so the entire movie, he ne- and Rizzo was like, hey, what'd you think? And Rizzo, he was just like, mm. and he just walked past them and basically was just dissing them the entire taping of American Gangster. He yeah. never spoke to him once. And at the premiere, he said that he was. Somebody was asking him questions and Denzel came behind him and they gave him a hug. Like, hey, man, how you doing? He was like, man, why you ain't talk to me? I thought you wasn't rocking with me. Like, I thought, and he was like, man, I couldn't. He was like, you know, he's like, you did a great job. He's like, I ain't fuck with you. You was the police. 
And that's method acting. When you yeah. actually feel like that person is, and he was Frank Lucas and that guy was the cop. So he didn't talk to him. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be friends with you. We're not friends. You don't, you don't, like, I don't mess with you. So that type of method acting and being able to do that um, in your career when you're dealing with a different, with different brands that require different DNA is essential. You've mm-hmm. got to be able to immerse in those brands and understand what the consumer of that brand's ID looks like and how you connect with them because it could be very different. Yeah, you know, for people, for people that a lot of people that um are not, you know, because the hood. Uh, yeah, we from the block. And, and my buffalo, I want to say we get a lot of comments on LinkedIn too. Yeah, I don't know why yeah. it's not popping up. Sorry, I might be a stream yard yeah. issue. I'm getting I'm not- a lot of comments on the, on the app, but not getting it. Oh, okay. So my bad, y'all. No, I was just saying that um, you would be surprised. <coughs> you would be surprised how much the hood like learns about these things without really like learning. You know how you know something <laughs> but don't realize why you know it? Mm-hmm. So, like a long time ago, I used to sit there and I used to wonder, I'm like, you know what's funny to me? That all these fucking different clothing companies come out with the same color every fucking year. Yep. Like you understand? Or like everybody does a polo shirt this year. Or yep. Everybody's doing a fucking furry sweater with the fucking like what do they sit in fucking conference rooms? You, you understand? Because you don't realize that a lot of these clothing lines are under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have the conference and say this is the colors for the year, these are the autumn colors we're gonna push, these are the winter colors, and these are the designs, and then everybody does their little spin-off of it. But yep. you don't you don't realize it. Because you're so caught up on, like, when we was in high school, I remember it was a big um, thing versus South 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 Pole versus Bear Jackets. Okay. You remember these bear jackets? If you had the Bear Bubble Coat, yeah. the man. If you had yeah, the South Pole. The, the reversible Pope, joint. Yeah. The reversible, <laughs> the reversible with the big joint. bear on the motherfucker. Yes. Yes. Again, right? So it was Bear, you know, like South Pole. And then, you know, North Face came out with the 700s, the 900s, the big yeah. ones and the small. And again. But everybody's coming out with a bubble jacket, right? A, a, a Parker, a Packer. You could put it in a little bag. But nobody, we all know that everybody has the same jacket in different colors, but we didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And then you start to learn these things and say, oh, because most, a lot of these houses are owned by the same company yeah. and they're following a pattern. So, same you know thing what with I mean? marketing like, and advertising. Yeah. Many commercials you've seen in your goddamn life. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All that yeah. stuff. We we get it, but it's like we don't connect the dots. And that's what yeah, you don't connect the dots. What is what? What ends up happening and what we call that behind closed doors is how, how do you create programming? So yeah. how do you program your audience to start to believe? So what were the colors? The, you know, the, the, the past year's colors have been purple, like some variation of purple. Then all of a sudden you saw orange come up. And now you're right. going to start seeing orange for guys come up now this year. And that's going to be the color. Right. You know, you're, you're starting to see these things and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're wondering, you know, how does this happen? And you when you start to learn behind the scenes, it's like, yeah, it's programming. Five or six of the majors do it. Everyone else follows suit, and next thing you know, you change something in people's yeah. mind to make them think that that's a that's a. And then the next thing you hear is you hear women saying, "Oh, that that color looks good against my skin." You know what I'm saying? It's like, but that's because somebody understood who their buying audience was, and they understood that your skin your skin tone was a large part of their buying audience, and they targeted you. They programmed you to believe that, and now here you are, and you know, and it worked. And yeah. that's how that happens. It's literally consumer programming. But but also, and 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 again, I didn't. I personally didn't realize this until I started traveling out the country. I didn't realize that there are more than one demographic selling point. I thought if I bought Gucci in New York, it's the same Gucci in California, but it's not. If I buy Gucci in New York, 
let's say the jacket is brown. I can go to California and they might have a red one that they won't sell on the East Coast that it's exclusively for the West Coast. Now, if I go to Gucci in Paris, I might get a yellow one. Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't realize brands did that either. I thought when they had one product, it was the product across the board. This is our fall line. This is what it is. But I, I now realize, you know, as, as in, when I became an adult and I started traveling, that it is demographically based on the clothing oh, well, and the color but, tone. But I'm curious, and Dante, can you shed some light on that? Why do they do that, right? Because you would think they can make more margin by selling the yellow, red, and the fucking orange in each market. Yeah. Why would they differentiate? They only have one. What they want to do is that they want to preach and present exclusivity. So That's for the world that. traveler who is their more elite customer, they want them to have the ability to get stuff that others can't. And then mm -hmm. what ends up happening is that there are people from the States who understand where these products are manufactured. They'll go to those countries where they're manufactured because these clothes are twice as uh, uh, price wise. They're, they're, they're twice as much cheaper because you don't have to deal with freight overseas shipping. You don't have to deal with certain things. So you may buy something here that's a certain cost and go there and get it for half price because yeah. you're not having to deal with the overhead that you have to deal with to get it here, for example. So there's a lot of different parts of the game, but what folks will understand, those who are true fashion enthusiasts, they'll understand much like what Chadio just mentioned. Hey, I'm going to go back and go get something that now no one in the States even has. So you start seeing these artists and they're they're wearing stuff that they don't even and you may be looking for it and you won't find it because yeah. they don't have it in store because they went and bought it in Paris. They went and yeah. bought it in Italy. You know what I'm saying? And now you're in you're in Beverly Hills looking for it and you can't get it. You know, you're on Fifth Ave and you can't get it. So that's something that's very, very um like that's something like that all the major brands do. And what they try to do is that they try to create exclusivity for their exclusive consumer. That, that are world travelers that can go to these different countries and get stuff that's not sold globally. So it's literally a catch us if you can, but you create excitement around because now you're somebody who went somewhere and got something and now nobody where you're going back to has it. Um, yeah. And it's that type of exclu exclusivity. Because I'm, I'm an analytical dude. I would want to break down each goddamn segment and see how much is each purchasing and things like yeah, that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they look at it and say, hey, we don't... You know, the, the choice is, do you want to be mass market or don't you? So if you choose, hey, we're going to be mass for these products, but then we're going to have certain products that we're not mass for. It kind of plays the teeter of, of, of both sides. And that's that's what a lot of these brands do. That shit is an art form, bro. The defining that balance and being successful in it is, oh, my God. Yeah. Just, hearing, just hearing this conversation, so many fucking moving pieces. Yeah. I just I just got one more question for you because we talk about this all the time, Dante. So, I, I, you know, with you being there, can you give – your perspective on it. We talk about the value system of valuing your business from the start, right? I tell people all the time, like, if you want to be a luxury brand, come out a luxury brand right off the back. Do not come out as a wholesale brand and then try to scale to a luxury brand because you're going to lose your market and say, well, your jeans was $2, $5. Now you want me to pay $300. And your experience with these, with these upper end brands what was their process in deciding what demographic that they were going to target? Obviously, the time forwards and everybody's a little different in the way their clothes look and who their market is. But the price point is very similar. Um, how did they go about doing that? Now, it's funny that you say that. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a couple brands that don't subscribe to that model. Okay. And I'll tell you the model that they do subscribe to. So I'll start with them and then I'll okay. go into luxury houses. Think of Polo. Yeah. Polo's got Polo. 
then they have Polo, uh, then they have Ralph Lauren. Right. Then they have uh, purple. They have Ralph Lauren Black. Right. So they have kind of said, okay, Ralph Lauren is the brand name. Polo is the product. So we're going to have Polo in different levels of Polo. Okay. Then we're going to have Ralph Lauren in different levels of Ralph Lauren. They're basically two product names with different levels. So once you start to get to the purple level, you're paying top dollar for, for, for product. Um, and then, you know, they, they have a lower end under the same name. So okay. that's one business model where it's like, hey, we're not going to identify a singular price point per SKU. We're going to actually separate each business by color. You know what I mean? In the, in the case of Ralph Lauren or mm -hmm. by add to it. And then we're going to kind of build around that. So that, you know, and you may, you may remember Polo and, it, and it, if, if you couldn't afford Polo, but if you could go to TJ Maxx or Marshall's, you go get that Polo sport. You go on and rock the U.S. That. Polo. And we just went to Jordash. You get that U.S. Polo. Jordash, you get that U.S. I just said VIM U.S. Polo assignment. Exactly. Somebody knew that SSN, ASN. What the hell is that word? It's called an assignment. It was association. You know that Polo association. You never association? You never knew it was association? I thought it was assignment. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So, so what yeah, it was like close enough. It was close enough. You were close enough. You were close enough. Who gives a fuck about what the rest of the name said? It's a guy swinging the fucking club, motherfucker. Exactly. Exactly. I missed the assignment. You as Polo assignment. Good God, that's too funny. That's too funny. He said, "I'm sticking with assignment." You know what I'm saying? Yo, your mama call you cash I'm gonna call you cash. <laughs> assignment is assignment. Damn really, it. I missed the assignment. <laughs> that's a fact. I know VIM had him buy one get one free. There you go. That's, that's, that's all the that's, 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 that's all the that's on the But okay, yeah, so that's the polo bottle. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. What you say, Jay? No, they said that's the polo bottle. Yeah. So that there's that polo model, right? Yeah. And then there's that luxury brand. Yeah. So if you enter into the space and if you want to say, hey, we're not targeting this audience at all. Okay. So we're going to pay our advertising and we're going to put it in these spaces because we know that this is where this audience resides. Okay. So we're not wasting any time advertising. And they say this all the time. You'll never see a Rolls Royce commercial on, 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 on ABC or Fox or NBC because they don't care about that audience. Right. So yeah. it's where do you want to place your advertising dollars that match the audience that you're trying to get? So you have to understand where all of your expenditures are going to be. Your manufacturing costs are going to be higher because you're doing a higher quality product. Your advertising prices are going to be higher because you're going to be higher advertising in higher profile platforms than just your traditional platform. And a higher cost per acquisition. Exactly. Yeah. So as long as you're able to then look at the finances of that model and say, mm -hmm. we can sustain the finances of this model for a minimum of four years. So we can do this for four years before we turn profitable. And, you know, that's what that looks like when you when you're able to say, OK, our expenses match this audience, our quality of product matches this audience. This is then therefore going to be our target audience. A lot of people want that, but don't understand the expenses to go along with. And that's why they can't sustain it. So you've got to identify all of those parts. You can't go get a five star luxury brand and then want to advertise in fill in the blank platform that doesn't match that audience. You know what I mean? It just yeah. it doesn't. So there's there's that 
component of it. My quick thing, Dante. If you do want to advertise fill in the blank, you can go <laughs> and advertise on motherfucking more than a title because we got spots and we got merch. You can advertise on here. We taking sponsorships today. You already know we got a few, but we taking more. My fault, bro. It was a perfect segment. And, and to all of those brands that want to do it, understand that there is the aspirational advertising. So when right. you're talking to business people that aspire to, this is the place where you advertise when you want to communicate with the next generation of successful entrepreneur that aspires to wear your apparel. OTB and digital is the place to be. More than a title is the platform to do it. So that. Yes, you know we're clipping that. I'm putting that up tonight, bro. And, 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 I'm sorry. And, 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 <laughs> I'm your pitch man. I'm your pitch man. And, and, That's my guy. That's my bro. Just so y'all know. Just so y'all know. Dante used to work with Tom Ford and Gucci. You heard his, his accolades. You heard the credentials. So now you know once he said that. Yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> so when you and call, and there's give a QR code. Here's the QR. We'll give you three seconds to scan. Give you three seconds to scan the QR code. <laughs> <laughs> three seconds. Three, two, there we are. Back to our show. Oh, you know what it is. Talk to us nicely now. You, you, you got you to gotta call him Mr. Jared Thomas. I like it. <laughs> Mr. Thomas. I prefer Sir. <laughs> sir Jared. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I, um, I, I, I know we had two hours. I've absolutely enjoyed this interview, bro. Dante, man. We yeah, bro, definitely, no, we gotta got, we definitely got to have a part two to this. Man, you dropped so many gems, man. Bro, like I said, like, you know, this is what this show is about. I learned so much. I can't even, like. Bro, you, know, you, live, I, you live four or five different lives. Didn't we yeah, have, go? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. You know, bro, Thank and you, that's man. like a testament to you, your, your, the fortitude, yeah. you, you know, you know, just sticking with it, your resilience, brother. Absolutely. You know, the way you've built relationships, being yourself, man, like you've reached pinnacles in different industries, brother. Yeah. And it's hard to reach the pinnacle in one. Yeah. And so well, we just want to, you know, give you that love, bro. Like, that's absolutely. real, man. Well, I do want to leave your audience with this when they say yeah. what's next, right? So I yeah. do want to leave your audience. Of course, audience bro. Come on. Absolutely. With what's next. Um, this year in Las Vegas, Super Bowl is happening. Um, one of the things that a lot of folks don't know is that um, outside of just the Super Bowl being on your, your major network, this year it's also going to be on Nickelodeon. Okay. Mm. So, oh, okay. One of the things that uh, the NFL is looking to do is that they're looking to target a, a younger demo. So how do you target a younger demo with football is you have to make it cool for kids. So what does that look like? Um, gamify. For, for you gamify. <laughs> oh, he already knew. Look, Come he already on, knew. man. We on it. He already man. knew. He on point. Exactly. Yeah. So what does that mean? You know, uh, a quarterback throws, throws the ball to wide receiver. He goes in the end zone. You're on Nickelodeon. So he gets slimed. You got an extra referee. Who's that extra referee? That extra referee is SpongeBob. You know, you, you, you got, you know, we, we, we see it on, on social media. Somebody gets mad, for example, and they, they, they turn him into a character and his face gets bigger and then he turns red. And, they, and, and then the coach pulls the flag. Uh, things like that are going to be happening. One of the companies uh, that are under the ESPAT Studios umbrella um, is the Famous Group. Uh, us, our, us and the Famous Group are actually going to be producing that. So the first time ever, a black studio... Um, is actually going to be producing uh, the Super Bowl uh, this year on Nickelodeon. Hold on, you gotta get it. Let it go out again. So definitely got to get going for that. So, so we we smile at that. We're incredibly happy about that. And one of the things that's very cool is that, um, as I was telling you guys the story about football, like I told you, it all becomes intertwined when you start taking a look at. It. I tell you the story about gaming and what we do, and then it's like, hey, we 
the great thing about gaming is that these other brands want to align with it. So it's not just the yeah. gaming that we know and the video games that we know, but it's yeah. taking that information and the analytics and applying it to other sports and other entities around the world. So to be able to do that is something that makes us really happy. So stay tuned for, you know, a lot of the other things that we're going to be doing. we got a lot going on in 2024, but it's February right around the corner. So I'm just sharing that with your, with, with, with your audience and the people tuning in. And, we're and, really and send it to us, Dante. Let, listen, whatever information Dante sends to us, we will help to promote that. We will help to get that message out. Uh, look for it on the more than the title page uh, and our personal social media, social media accounts. We will be getting that out there to you guys as soon as Dante gets it to us so that you can stay abreast of what, what's going on because that's huge. Yeah. Pause. Yeah, that <laughs> the fuck? I looked at, I paused and looked into the camera. Yeah, the way he said it is it's huge. And it's huge. it was the pause. Hey, yo, Jared. Hey, Jared. Hey, Jared. He was about to take off his shades. Like, <laughs> Lord. The Lord. Yo, I'm done, man. It's yo, unbelievably man. big. Yo, son, nah, bro. Yo, thank you for tuning in to more than a title. I'm signing no. Dante, bro, let we, the people we, we know where they can find Yeah, please, bro. We want to give you the Let the people know where they can find you, Dante. Look me up on LinkedIn, oh, Dante God. Simpson. I'm there on LinkedIn, Dante Simpson. I actually <laughs> check my messages. Uh, personally, you can catch me on, on, on the gram. Uh, DSA underscore boss. D is in Dante. S is in Simpson. A is in uh, assignment. Come on, let me, man. I'd love to talk to y'all. Yo, bro, oh, man, man. Thank you again for coming on the platform, man. This is a great way to kick off the new year. The new we actually not doing the season. Our first episode of the new year, brother. And right. and like I said, for those listening, this is our first con like not our first conversation. This is our first like lengthy conversation with Dante. I met yep. this brother on social media, man. He was gracious enough to to, and we've been trying behind the scenes, yo. We we're trying to coordinate dates. And it aligned perfectly at this time. And thank you for just taking the time, brother. Dropping the gems. You have an open invite whenever you want to. Whenever you're in the city, brother, you know we send this invite to everybody. Yep. We're going to go break bread. We're going to get a couple of drinks, man. But yeah. we, 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 we we fam now, bro. We really appreciate you letting you know letting us here and trusting Absolutely. us with your story. Real talk, man. It means a lot to us. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me. This was a great time. Y'all yeah, know behind bro. the scenes, I was like, I think I only got 60 minutes. Ah, uh, maybe I got <laughs> Yo, bro. I was, yeah, bro. I was like, keep going, man. I you have 40 clips in 30 minutes. <laughs> we had the clips ready. Yeah. Y'all were amazing. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, but we want to we thank everybody. Um, so just so y'all know, for all the listeners um that are tuning in, uh, we will not be doing seasons anymore. All right. Uh season four, we're grateful. We did our normal seasons of 14, 15 episodes. Uh, season four, we gave you 32 episodes, 32 episodes because the demand is so high and because we're growing. And, and like Jared said, we're glowing because of you guys. We're not doing seasons anymore. We're just doing straight episodes from now on. You're just going to see the episode number. We're not taking any more breaks and we are going straight Two, through with this Tuesdays thing. and Thursdays at 530, the only place to be. And then once a month, we're going to have a fan appreciation Absolutely. episode y'all where we're gonna bring family on our homies on our yep. entrepreneurs local businesses right so y'all can promote y'all biz and we can get gems from y'all and that's what we're doing we're giving y'all 100 you episodes Let, let's, let's do it now let's if you want to be on the show if you want to be on the show for the fan appreciation show like we did a couple of weeks ago 
Go ahead and send us an email or DM us on, on our social media so that we can make sure we get you the proper links so that when it's time for you to come on the show, you can be in line and you know what's going on, right? Uh, because that was a big hit, and we're going to make sure that we are incorporating that once a month for you guys to bring you on so that we can cross-promote businesses and we can develop this community. Mm, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing, people. This is community. Uh, only positive vibes over here. If you come with that negative shit, we're bouncing you. I'm telling you right yeah, now. And, and we're adapting. Would you want to be our, our our first person to do it? So what we're going to do is challenge our guests, bro. Yeah. We want to do something like a, a shoot your shot, right? So if we yeah. got people, I, like my, I play 2K every day. I buy mad brothers that are doing the gaming things. What yeah. if we did something where they, where they shoot an idea at you? You know what I'm saying? Ask yeah. you how to, if they got a business in the game, spaces they ask you for advice would you be open to something like that bro and we just do like an open q a or round table two two things i would be open to that that's one yeah and i believe in passing it forward so i want everybody yeah. tuning in and i want y'all to hold me accountable there it so, is accountability so so this this is this is my my gesture for a good time with you jeff for 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 it for, for for a great show with you gentlemen i had to catch myself on that oh. <laughs> hey yo Hey yo, my guy, you my guy, you my brother, you my brother. You my brother. You better get away. You my brother. Y'all wouldn't even let me slide. I didn't get the last word out. He said, "Nah, nah, nah." We heard all we needed to hear. We heard all we needed to hear. No. So this is this 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 is this is my pass it forward to you guys. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna reach out to a friend of mine, uh, by the name of Jay Alexander Martin. Um, Jay is one of the four brothers who co-founded Fubu. He is currently the founder of For Us Bias Network, which is uh, uh, African-American uh, uh, streaming network, which has amazing shows on. The FUBU stories are incredible. Jay is amazing. He's a brother to me. I'm going to tell him to come and join you. So everybody tune in. Hold me accountable. Joy. And that's going to be my pass forward to the show. Uh, cause, cause I appreciate you guys and, 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 and the respect that you treated me with. So I will pass that forward to him in about 20 minutes and then I'm gonna connect y'all and, and, and y'all stay tuned that are tuning in. Cause Jay is amazing. He's an amazing guest on any show he's on. So you. I and you know what's crazy? Dante, I just put up a post two days ago about 2024. The key word is accountability. I just put the post up two literally, days ago. Literally did that. Literally two days ago. I said, 2024, New Year's resolution, very simple, accountability. Stand on business. Do what you say you're going to do, but just shut the fuck up and don't do nothing at all. You understand what I'm saying? And that's what we do in 2024. We standing on business. So we appreciate you, Dante. Thank you. Thank you. I love this. It was a great show, man. This was, this was a, yo, this was a perfect this first like, episode, bro. First banger. This is how you started. This is how you started off. Set the ball high, man. We so appreciate you guys. Man. Let them, what we got coming up? What we got coming up next week, Jack? We got Mike Barron. We also have yeah. Tay Sweat coming through. We yeah. got uh oh shit. We got so my man John Graham. We got yeah. legendary author and also DEI specialist Doug Melville coming through. We've got oh man, we got we got some bangers. people. We got we got some we got some we got the big bros pulling up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got bangers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. February, we're not going to talk about it, but we're still thinking yeah. about some some other ones. We got some yeah. things from the and, and just and just so you guys know, just to, you know, we like to keep you guys informed on our growth also. Uh, this month, we will be going uh, back to one of our first podcast uh, shows ever. Uh, we created this company last year, November, went to our first show in January where we were patrons. Uh, we promised ourselves that we would not go back to that show as patrons. We are going back to that show as featured guests. We will be on stage uh, and we will be uh, giving uh, a seminar and whatever we need to do up on stage. So uh, if, if you're in the Orlando area or if you're yeah. willing to travel, we get yeah. a free ticket to give to our fans. So we want to give it back to you guys. 
Email us, DM us, hit us on Instagram, LinkedIn. We will provide you guys a ticket to PodFest. Come rock out with more than the title. We're gonna make yeah, anybody that got a podcast that's up and coming that you will want to go to something where you can learn about podcasts. And again, we're paying it forward, just like Dante said, right? We're paying it forward. We're giving you a free ticket, right? Yeah, you got to cover your accommodations, but we're giving you the free ticket. Uh, and with that, you can join us there and we can introduce you to people. It's going to be a great time. It's a great immersive learning experience. If you want to take your podcast into the next level, uh, you know, come and join us. Look see? what we did, y'all. So on that note, man, we're going to see y'all next week. Dante, good looks, my brother. Dante. Thank you for the people. Sorry about the LinkedIn yeah. shit, y'all. Oh, we got to send Dante a sweater. Oh, yeah, we're we got you. And, and, and a bet on yourself. A on yourself sweater. We got, got you. Please we got do. You, bro. Send us your logo, bro. Send us the East Bat logo so we throw it on. Yeah. Okay, he hey listen, good good news. Jay Jay said he's down. So let's All go. Right, here we go. Let's go. We already oh, on it. There we go. We're already on it. For My us, by us. There yes, it is. sir. My guys, much hey. love, man. We Brebby Grove. We appreciate you. And we'll yeah. see y'all next week for another episode of more than the title, baby. We out of here.